This is the Outlander Club, a rebel scum podcast. Everyone has a story. Here are those Star Wars stories. Don't forget to join us on Patreon for exclusive bonus content and early access. Here's your host, James Razile. Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. When have I ever steered you wrong? Hi, everyone. I'm James Razile. Welcome to the Outlander Club. Today's guest is a published author, a producer at Wired, and a lifelong, diehard Star Wars fan. You may never find a bigger fan than who I'm about to speak with, and that is Adam Lance Garcia. Leave that to me. We are one day closer to seeing Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And I have a special guest with me today here on the Outlander Club. I got Adam Lance Garcia joining me. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks How for coming here. I'm great. I stole your line. I stole your line. No, 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 no. I, I'm happy to share it. It's, uh, it's our line. It, everyone okay. gets to share that line. I'm gonna, okay, fine. For the next uh, month, I'm just going to wake up every day, 5 a.m., and I'm tweeting that out before you. I'm going to wake up just before you get a chance to do it, and I'm going to undercut you and <laughs> put that out on Twitter, and I'm going to steal it as my own. No, but the, the, the people will know. They'll know. Yeah, they, well, first of all, I don't. Nobody even looks at my Twitter, so it, it won't matter. <laughs> nobody that's probably, answers. That's probably for the best. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God, Twitter. Uh, yeah, yeah, Twitter's not. It's a great place to be. Um, cool. I, I start to understand why everybody starts unfollowing people and blocking people every once in a while. I, I, yeah. I can see that. Uh, but it's unfortunate, but it is. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Star Wars. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about Star Wars. Yeah, and your your Star Wars stories specifically, because we all have them. We all lived with them. It's been in our lives for, uh, you know, four years, two years, twenty years, thirty years, whatever it's been, and that's what we're going to talk about. So to kick it off, I would just like to know where, <laughs> and I doubt you could answer this, but where and when did you first ever see Star Wars? Uh, uh, well, I can say for certain that where it was, when it was, I can't say, yeah. uh, but where it was, was my parents' house. Uh, my parents recorded Return of the Jedi off TV. Um, I'm fairly certain that was the, and that was the one I watched first, um, you know, cause I was, uh, you know, I was, the movies were gone by the time I was born. Um, at least not, they were in theaters anymore. Um, but you know, it was one of those movies that I watched over and over again. And then like, oh, there's a new hope and oh, there's Empire Strikes Back and I rewatched them over and over again. I don't, I do remember very vividly going to buy the VHS box set, the very mm-hmm. first one, which I still own, um, oh, the wow. sort of like that really lovely artwork. Um, I remember going to the Suncoast video at Kings Plaza Mall in Brooklyn, New York to buy uh, that. And it was a really exciting one for my dad. I was like, these are mine. They're not like the ones that are taped off the screen. Um, yeah, and that, so to answer your question, like I don't remember the first time I saw it. Um, for me, in a lot of ways, Star Wars was always there. Um, it's just been a part of my life since memories formed. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I understand that because I always joke that when I was a, an infant, my parents wouldn't hire a babysitter. They just put me on the couch, turn on Star Wars and leave for, yes. for two hours. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Did you have any toys growing up? Like, I mean, I imagine you oh, did, but the Star Wars toys. Anyone? Do you have a like a specific memory of a of maybe a playset or a figure that yes. is near and dear to you? 
Um, so I remember very vividly my uh, my parents used to go to a lot of antique shows uh, when I was a kid. So we'd like always go around because my dad uh, is a very big collector and he uh, would go out and buy a lot of things at antique shows and resell them. Um, when he found eBay, when eBay came around, he was really going nuts with that, but he was, had a really good sense for a collectible. So we always used to go to antique shows. And I remember very vividly buying, uh, the speeder bike from the original speeder bike, uh, at a antique show. Unfortunately, like that's been long gone, uh, because there was a Sandy took, got rid of it. And also like, I wasn't careful because I was a kid and I lost all the bits and pieces of it. Um, but I remember very vividly getting that, uh, when I was a young kid, um, it was a lot of little toys. Like I remember getting the, the very big, uh, butchy, uh, Luke Skywalker when that came out, when they started releasing new toys. Um, you know, I remember the Legos that came out, uh, you know, and, and this is not necessarily a Star Wars thing, but I do very vividly remember, um, making a, Oh God, what was it? It was a Lego set with um, a, it was like this Ice Planet Lego set. And it had all, like, it was, and I still have it. It's still intact because I was very careful with it. This big spaceship. Um, and there was like four, there's three characters that came with and then the third one. So there was Luke, Leia, and Ben, and Adam, because of course, Adam. Um, yeah. And that was the characters. And those, like, you know, it was clear that, like, I just, I, it was part of my life. You know, I still have, my dad got me, like a, I don't know if it's a real one or a replica, but it's um, it's a helmet of a of a stormtrooper, uh, like life size, um, and then there's like a bit like a a shoulder piece. I don't know where he got that. Um, and then <laughs> the, the one thing I still own, and I, I wonder what conditions in because it's in my parents' garage and I haven't sort of buried in the back. Uh, around the time of Phantom Menace came out, there was a contest at Blockbuster Video and uh to it was for when it came out on vhs to win a life-size yoda and my dad may or may not have given someone some money so i would win that. <laughs> so it. i have a, a life-size yoda that's um, awesome yeah we just had like a couple we had like yeah it was nuts um but those are some of the, the, the things that i remember owning that i uh really remember and uh and loved that's uh, but the thing I, I will say though like before i get beyond that like the thing that really made me a big fan was the novels um so like it wasn't so much the action figures it wasn't so much the uh the toys because i still have i still have my original lightsaber the my toy one was the um luke's that goes like out um i still own that but like like the Jedi Prince books, uh, the, that was my entry drug, um, you know, because it was like I was my reading level at the time, and like, oh my god, there's stories afterwards. Um, new Adventures with Luke, Leia, and Han. Um, there was, you know, the Thrawn trilogy. Um, if I were to point to anything that I own um, that is near and dear to my heart, it's the novels. Um, I have every single one uh, with. Let me revise that. I have about 90% of them. Okay. I don't have all the Young Jedi novels. I need to get those. I'm missing those. I don't have all the jun- Junior Jedi Knight novels because I sort of had aged out by that point and I wasn't collecting them. Um, and But I do have like first edition of every single book that came out under uh, the Bantam Spectra and the Delray eras. Um, I loved Legends. I just, I love what, what is now the uh, EU. I like, I love oh, what is, was the EU is now Legends. Just, I, I, devoured that stuff and uh it would be a understatement to say that was 
um, the reason why I am uh, I became a writer. I'm, I'm a quasi professional writer. Um, I say quasi because it's like it's not my full time job, but I, I'm I'm a published author. I'm uh, I do a lot of things because of those books, um, and it gave me a passion that I uh, I hold on to this day. And uh, I and having become friends with um, some of the people behind the novels since then has been amazing because it's like to get that insight to uh yeah i like interviewing timothy zahn was one of those moments of like holy crap did i just do this like this is the guy that like because of him directly or indirectly i i write like i i put words in the paper because of this story this idea like one of the first things i did um as a young kid was like write a parody star wars uh story uh, a script is called uh, mini wars is it was basically like a low budget parody uh fan film never made it but it was an idea um but you know i wrote a whole i started writing fan fiction um because of that uh it was yeah uh it was a fan fiction star wars novel that i wrote and i, I never i never finished it um but i i tried and uh because of those novels, because of the uh, the EU, so yeah, so uh, that's uh, I hope that uh, answers your question. Yeah, but before you got to the novel, something had to guide you towards the novels. Yeah, so you had your yeah. figures and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you because you started with uh, just I think so many so many kids growing up in the eighties, probably the exact same way, Star Wars on VHS, but you're yeah. uh, taped off TV. But yours was Return of the Jedi. Mine was, uh, I guess, A New Hope, it would have been called. Mm-hmm. So it was. So that, that's how it was. The exact same scenario was on TV. Oh, my God, we missed part of it. There's a little bit yeah. of a commercial in there and yeah. whatnot. So at what point was it when you bought that, that box set? When did you watch the watch A New Hope and Empire? Was that close together? Oh, or did I, you wait? No, I, I had, uh, I'm pretty sure I had seen it before I oh, bought okay. the box set. I mean, it wasn't like it was probably like my it was recorded off of hbo or something like that it was one of those things where i uh you know was watching it early on so i i just don't know where it came from it just was i just remember return of the jedi being first and then everything else being second and those are my cats that's puck <laughs> oh you can't see them on the screen yeah you can't see them oh yeah that's oh. Puck. <laughs> it's okay Every- you're fine here, I'll move the I'll move the cats in. I'll get a shot of the cats quickly. There, everybody can see the cats now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, two cats. Yeah, we have two cats. Yes. <laughs> Puck, uh, Puck, Christopher Noodles, and Pippin Thomas Copperfield. Uh, <laughs> How did they get into Star Wars anyway? <laughs> oh, they're they're born into it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have no choice. They have no choice. Okay, so after. Return of the Jedi. I don't know if you ever yeah. watched Droids or Ewoks, the, those animated series. Uh, I did because those were – we went to a lot of comic book shows. My dad, as I mentioned, was a collector and mm-hmm. he sold comic books. So we'd go to like the uh, the comic book movie uh, – comic book cons before they were like what they are now. Oh, wow. but, like, and there was like guys who are like – who had like hot copies of – like things that were off TV, like and they collected together. Back, this is back. Uh, obviously, um, as we say this on YouTube, we're we're on YouTube at the moment. But back, back in the day, kids, <laughs> things were not just easily found by a click of a link. What you had to find them, record them onto these things that are VHSs, which is sort of like um, a hard drive but physical and has tape on it. Um, and we had to. <laughs> 
we had to uh like he's like there's collections of droids there's collections of um ewoks i think ewoks was on tv at the time um i was around um and there's also uh the holiday special that we just got vhs copies of so yes i did watch those okay did so I, them? Yeah. I i saw ewoks on ice i've mentioned this i think every time i talk about star wars i saw ewoks on ice and i'm gonna take i'm gonna take that memory to my grave because that was my favorite thing ever was watching wicket skate around you can't yeah. be, you can't beat it they should make a movie of that i don't know and <laughs> like disney lucasfilm if you're listening yeah. i don't know why you haven't done this yet it's just money in the bank <laughs> my money only but it'll happen <laughs> okay so after we can all, make 10 canadian dollars <laughs> which is like 50 cents american you <laughs> so that all happens a cartoon you go you go to yeah. all these these conventions uh but star wars in the mainstream kind of fades away the spotlight goes did you go with it no um uh, as in like did i go did it fade with from did i leave it uh, yeah did you leave it for maybe ninja turtles all that stuff i mean that was always i mean ninja turtles and stuff like that was part of my life but like star wars was ever present like as i mentioned the novels uh kind of filled that gap for me um you know i read them voraciously they were uh for better or worse the majority of what i read when i was a kid um and you know i was always like consuming that i was playing all the video games i was playing um you know i was just it was so much a part of my life um you know we'd have lightsaber battles and stuff like that it was yeah uh no i star wars never never left it was one of those things where i you want to be part of this puck you want to talk about this too it's um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, we, um, yeah, I like my my best friend Jeff uh, and Philip and I it was like we kind of grew up around this uh, this small town within Brooklyn. Um, it was like we were such Star Wars fans, so it was a big part of our lives. Um, so it never left. It never sort of retreated from my mind. There were things that like I liked a lot during that period of time, like obviously like Ninja Turtles and Exo Squad and Mighty Max and stuff like that that I watched and consumed and enjoyed. But um, there were always these new stories. And I think, you know, if there's one that I always love about Star Wars in general and the reason that like what I look for in the media that I consume and I write um, I like stories that have large story worlds. Um, and, you know, I like that you can, what I think the expanded universe, it was like, oh, there's more, there's always more, there's more avenues to kind of go through. And I think that's the great thing about Star Wars in general as a, as a franchise is that like, not a lot is explained in the films. Very little is explained in the films, actually. Like a lot of the stuff that we, yeah. That we know and that we know about star wars comes from like the west end games like the old uh role-playing game from the 1980s um uh, like akbar's backstory comes from the role-playing games um but lucas and company you know created such a a world that felt lived in and felt like there was so much to it that um you know, you it allowed me to explore and keep on exploring Star Wars, keep on this galaxy far, far away, um, and that was the the coolest thing about it that I got to keep on reading stories, keep on exploring it. Like, oh, hey, here's a story about the Jedi thousands of years before. Here's stories of like, 
you know, what Luke is going to be doing when he's an old man and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, like Jason and Jaina and Anakin and the new Jedi Order and all of that. Excuse me. Uh, it never it never retreated because like I could play X-Wing. I could play TIE Fighter. I was always more of an X-Wing fan between the two. Um, I know TIE Fighter is the better game. Uh, my brother and I played Rebellion. The uh, the It was like a real-time strategy game, yeah. which you can buy on Steam, but it's only for PC, which is very frustrating for me. <laughs> But like it, like it's that that game we played so much. Like every single day, we played Rebellion, um, to the point that like we gained the system that we like. We just we always won. But it was a game that we just loved to play. So, yeah, it never it never retreated. Um, yeah, <laughs> and not, not at any point. So you kind of like Star Wars. So what <laughs> what came first, the video game or the novels? Because I, I um, can I take a guess, Mike? Because because you're an interesting case because because you're a writer and you love reading. Normally, I would say video games, but could it have been a, a novel for you? Uh, I'm I, I I don't know the timing on this, so I don't know when like X Wing and, and uh, Tie Fighter came out. So I can't rightly recall when those came out, but I do I do very vividly remember reading the Jedi Prince novels first um, and just falling in love with, uh, and they're not good. Like I, I actually, I recently uh, bought them. So I, I don't, I think I lost my original prints uh, in Sandy, unfortunately, along with the like, first printing of uh, the, the Star Wars novelization, which I'm still bummed about. Also Empire uh, Strikes Back t- Dixie Cups. I lost those too. Uh, I lost a lot of shit that day, uh, but it's probably better for, uh, for the, the uh the basement <laughs> basement space um no but i recently rebought the um jedi prince books uh and like this collective books i really want to read them again because they're so weird um they're so weird uh we'll get to that in a second but i do remember just like loving those books and like ken being the sort of like i could be ken like luke can train me and the lost city of the jedi which makes no sense at all like let's talk about this uh like it it's funny like it's one of those like you can't believe people got away a got away with telling these telling these stories and b that people really like them like and they like whatever issues you have with the new canon aside the fact that someone was like hey what if there's a secret jedi city underneath yavin because why of course of course yavin uh and it's all run by robots to protect this one jedi child like and we were like yeah that sounds great like it sounds great you know but yeah yeah i love that yeah but isn't that that star wars is so simple anyway though when you actually when like you said everything is explained in in video games and and games and books and all that that the movies star wars itself is so simple yeah. Um, that that if for a child you could totally buy that and buy into it because it's all make believe anyway. Yeah, it's a fantasy. It, it's yeah. it's a fairy tale. It's it's you know it, it could be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, well, not really, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Star Wars as long as it's Star Wars. It could be Star. Yeah. All right. So those those uh, the books kind of kept you around. Yeah. Do you remember now hearing? Special editions are on their way. We are going to get the original movies back in the theater. I... How excited were you? 
Okay, so I remember very vividly when I found out about the special editions, and that was one of those things where, you know, this is like the internet's still starting, um, yeah. but it wasn't really a part of our lives. Um, I, like, I don't, I think it's around the same time I got a computer. Um, that's like when, like, it was a compact Brasario, and we had a, like, we had Prodigy and AOL, like, no one, like, it was like, it was hard. Oh, actually, one thing that I did do, uh, there was I did do a online role playing game uh, called Lightsabers where I was the GM, like in the chat rooms back in the day. So that oh, was wow. actually what I used to do. Um, uh, but uh, I think that was like later on. Uh, so we're jumping ahead of it. But the special edition. So I went. So there's the United Artists Theater in Brooklyn. That was like the place that we all went. Um, and. Again, I had no idea that the special editions were being made because why would I? Like, I don't have the internet. Not something I'm on, um, unlike today. Uh, and I'm not aware of these things. We're going to see a movie. I don't remember what movie it is. It doesn't even matter anymore. Um, and it's like there's the TV set, right? Like for years that we're seeing the movies, uh, been on our TV screens. Oh and yeah. The, and I was like, what? And like, cause I'm, I'm, I'm excited. It's like Star Wars thing. What, what does this mean? And then like now, and like it's on the back of the big screen and it's like, and it flies out. I fell to my knees screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I, um, I was like, I, I just couldn't believe that I was going to be able to see Star Wars on the big screen. Um, it was, I, yeah, I don't, I can't tell you how, yeah, no, I was screaming. I was screaming. Of course, you could tell how excited I was. <laughs> did yeah. Did you see them opening night, or did you wait? Uh, no, I didn't see. I, I don't know if I saw them opening night. Um, I definitely saw all of them. Um, because of course I had to. Oh yeah. Um, uh, and I remember. I don't remember. Uh, singing New Hope. Of course, I did. Uh, I remember singing Empire, but I most remember. Uh, I vividly, vividly remember seeing Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Only because my friend turned to me during the Jedi Rock scene, like, "What is this? <laughs> like, yeah, like rock music, Star Wars? Like, what is going on?" And it's it, it, yeah. I mean, that. So I do remember vividly seeing that. So yeah, that was the only one I didn't get to see. Uh, my grandmother was very sick at the time, so I missed out on Return of the Jedi. And that's for better or worse, that has always been my favorite Star Wars movie, probably because that's the one. You know, as a kid, I think that's the one that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know what, and I'm sticking with it my whole life. I'm like, I don't care. I could, I could acknowledge which one I actually think is probably the best, but I'm going to stick with Return of the Jedi, and it's the only oh, one I've never totally. seen theatrically. Oh man. Well, I mean, I think that's one of those things where, like, you know, I, I for example, like, I purposely I acknowledge that, like, Back to the Future Part Two is inferior to Back to the Future Part One. Like, Back to the Future Part One is the better movie. Yeah. But uh, Back to the Future Part Two is my favorite because yeah. I, it's like it does exactly what I want it to do. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Like I, you know, I think um, like I, I understand why people love the Return of the Jedi the most because like it has it's a shit ton of fun to watch. Like it, it breaks down in my mind. Like when you start like thinking about the story um, and like how it's structured and stuff like that, especially when you start reading like the original plot line the original like treatments like i p.s like i s spent a lot of time this year reading the jw rinsler books of uh, the making of star wars those are gold mines like just in terms of understanding the creative process which is 
fascinating. Like it's so, so fascinating to see how the original uh, Star Wars became like a new hope because it's it's almost like they're two completely different franchises. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like similarities like Mace Windu, but it was Mace Windy. Like names are very similar and they come up in uh, later or, you know, eventually they come up again. Um, Like Uta Pau, like that's stuff like that originates from the original uh, treatments. Uh, But like Return of the Jedi, like you look at like, some of the original stuff and you're like, Oh my God, that sounds so cool. Why didn't we do that? Um, but yeah, Return of Jedi is fun. It's great. It's like, but at the same time, like, yeah, like I'm like, yeah, yeah. I get critical of it. But right. yeah, Easily. I think I just turned off my, <laughs> actually, sorry. I actually turned it off my, 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 uh, I don't know how that happened. Turned your video. You're like, I'm ashamed. It's actually the best. I'm ashamed. Movie I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Don't look at me. Don't I, look at me. You know what? I, my dream is for one of these new era Star Wars films. I wanted it to be in Maz's castle, but an Ewok in a Gungan in a cantina somewhere in the back, just having a conversation, not the main focus of the scene, just like the camera panning around. You're like the two most hated creatures in Star Wars having a conversation. Which is crazy for like for each generation, like, you know, the original generation, like the Ewoks. um, And then like they hated the, the Gungans. And then like you talk to kids now and they're like, I love Jar Jar. And you're like, really like they're like yeah like it was the first star wars i ever saw yeah. and like jar jar big is the greatest thing ever and i i love him and you're like you know it's just a movie about space where wizards intended for children <laughs> you know, lucas knew what he was doing if, if nothing yeah. else <laughs> he knew exactly what he was doing with his franchise yep okay so see the the special editions you've seen but now comes the big the biggie this is probably for, all, for 20 years almost, this will be the biggest piece of news that you'll see about Star Wars, and that is George Lucas with his yellow notepad. Yeah. I'm writing Star Wars Episode One. Yeah. That was, I mean, I was 16 at the time, um, and, well, like, uh, I think he announced it, and I was about 14. Um, and it was so exciting. It's like we're finally understanding what came before what happened before you know and i think one thing that i and again we've sort of touched this on this before you know what is so exciting about star wars from the very concept the way it's presented like they don't explain anything they don't explain what the clone wars are they don't really give the backstory of like how anakin fell they don't really talk about the destruction of the Jedi Order, the Republic, they're names that are just kind of thrown out there. And a lot of it is us sort of trying to figure out, like us imagining what those could be. Um, and then we go, we're finally going to see it. We're going to see a young Obi-Wan Kenobi. We're going to find, we're going to see a young Anakin Skywalker and all like, it was, it was thrilling. And I will admit, like, I mean, I saw that movie 10 times in theaters. I, I, my dad, um, God bless him. Like I was, I went to the first Star Wars celebration, you know, right when it was like lead, the lead up to that. Uh, my parents were like, you know, what? I was like, I really want to go. I really want to go. I really want to go. And they said, like, Adam, your grades are really good. You know, you're doing so well in school. Um, you don't ask for anything. Like, we'll uh, fly you out. Wow. And uh, you know, like my dad and I went to the first Star Wars celebration in Denver, um, and. That was really cool you know that was really like really exciting um and then um my dad took me to uh 
like we skipped school. I skipped school. My dad again took me out. He's like, well, again, your grades are really good. You're doing so. You're great. I know this means a lot to you. So we went opening. I went opening day to go see episode one with my dad, and then I saw it like nine more times. <laughs> um, I like after school, I, my buddies and I would go, and like you know, we all screamed and like uh, Obi Wan, uh, like with Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, and stuff like that. We, um, yeah, I, it was just. Yeah, I mean, I. It's funny because like my relationship with that film, with Phantom Menace, has evolved over time. Um, I think I I loved it. It was to my mind when I was sixteen, like it was like the best Star Wars film. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact mm-hmm. that it was the first new Star Wars that I saw in theaters. Yeah. Um, and I sort of cooled on it with each progressive film. Like I thought like Attack of the Clones was better than Phantom Menace, and I thought like Revenge of the Sith was better than the Phantom Menace. Um, and then I just thought like the entire prequel trilogy was kind of a mess. And then I sort of come around to feeling like the Phantom Menace is probably the strongest. One of my old uh, coworkers at Yahoo kind of gave a good case as to why it's the strongest. Um, it was a, for a host of reasons, uh, because it's like how an empire, how a, a society can fall with one small thing um there's a lot of really good big ideas in the phantom menace um that aren't necessarily executed well mm-hmm. and i think it's i'll say this as someone who's made a couple who's made films uh and written stories uh professionally for uh, a decade or so there are some stories that you go in knowing everything you're going to say and you know exactly how it's going to work and you come away with it and you're like this is exactly what i wanted to say like um some of my uh i point to a story i did with um this uh, anthology called occupied earth where the uh uh the aliens invaded and they won and i had the story and i it's called traitor and i'm really proud of it and i'm like i know exactly what i'm gonna say with every single thing and i wrote it in it i i i still point it as one of my best writing um and I feel like that was what happened with Lucas in Phantom Menace. He knew exactly what he wanted to say, knew exactly how he wanted to do it. Um, it's very much the film that he envisioned. Is it the best film in the world? No, but I think it is Lucas's most pure vision for uh, a film. I think that like with Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, there's a lot of, not necessarily corners that he cut, but I think he definitely bent to the will of what fans wanted in a lot of ways. Like, Oh, well fans want this and fans want that. And uh, he sort of compromised his vision um, in a lot of ways for the, 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 the later prequels. Um, whereas I think Phantom Menace is just like, Nope, this is my movie. This is the one I want to make. And, you know, I think that in this, like, and this is not a fair comparison, but it's sort of like the room, you know, uh, by Tommy, Tommy was so the room where it's like, what is amazing about the room isn't it's not a good movie um but it is one man's vision it is clearly one man's vision um and i think the phantom menace is let me be clear the phantom menace is a significantly better film than the room (laughs) (laughs) but i think what what is so endearing about both the phantom menace and the room and um some other examples like any wes anderson film any uh like uh, in a lot of ways, any Ryan Johnson film, any um, Edgar Wright film, it's like this is a person's vision of this story. It is their unique take on it, and I think that is very clear in the Phantom Menace. Um, that's what makes them so endearing. That's what makes them so uh, exciting. Uh, that's why we look back at them 
more fondly than I'd say like Revenge of the Sith or Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I love. I actually love Phantom Menace. Anybody that that watches the the YouTube channel that listens to the podcast knows I love the Phantom Menace. It is when I left the theater. I think like you, I was like, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. There was yeah. no, you know, I was like, no, it's better than Return of the Jedi. Better than Empire. It's better than them all. It was my favorite. And over time, you kind of you know reassess it and, yeah. and take a look at it. But and I brought this up a few times before, but I'll tell you is um, when my wife and I were dating. One day she randomly said, "I want to watch Star Wars," and I was like yeah done so i grabbed yeah. my, my i grabbed my six uh disc blu-ray and i put yeah. in the phantom menace i didn't say anything i just put in the phantom menace and i was like let's see what she says and i and i hit play and we're 10 minutes into it and she goes no i want to watch one with vader and i said <laughs> i said this is vader and we yeah. watched all three prequel movies back to back mm. to back in one day yeah. and then when it was over she was like oh i want more stories in that time and that was something yeah. that always like, still something that I think about. I'm like, that's how like if you don't go if you go into it from this other point of view, this other perspective yeah. on them, you t- your takeaways are much different than than you yeah. and I would be over time too. Yeah, uh, but I don't want to talk about the prequels anymore. I want to talk about that very first Star Wars celebration because that yeah. is super oh, um, cool, and I've heard nightmares about it. Um, <laughs> like fun I... nightmares weather wise mostly. Yeah. I mean, the weather was terrible. I do remember that. I do remember hearing stories of people dressed up as Klingons and getting booed. <laughs> um, I, I, it's funny. It's like I remember, for whatever reason, my memories of celebration are very blurred. Um, you know, I remember seeing Anthony Daniels like shaking everyone's hand, um, waiting in line. I remember getting my, uh, my little like booklet that they gave out signed uh, by everyone um meeting a steve sand suite for the first time uh, that was really cool um the only time actually now that i think about it um i just remember being like in a place where like oh wow like everyone likes star wars and that's really cool um yeah i i wish i had a related story um but like i was 16 with my dad so there was like you know it was just like let's see freebies we can get like let's walk around a lot um, I didn't, I, I have more stories about celebration, uh, this year than I do about a celebration back then, just because how ingrained I've become in the Star Wars, com- uh, fan community. And like you said, 16, you know, you're at this big, huge Star Wars thing yeah. and you are probably very overwhelmed and just excited. Yeah. And, and sometimes that does cloud cloud your memory over time. But I mean, but the takeaway from that is you were there and you yeah. know it and it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. I was not there. Just everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so Phantom Menace comes out. It's the greatest movie ever. Attack of the Clones. Yeah, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. And it was mostly me. Uh, being spoiled into this one, yeah. I was on, yeah. on websites and just reading. I'm like, oh, and this is gonna happen, and that's gonna. I mean, I already know that Anakin's turned to the dark side, but I had to know everything else that was gonna happen. Yeah. Did you fall into that trap as well, or did you go in fairly um, clean? I, I think I was. I, I had a lot of things spoiled for Menace. Like I remember hearing uh, the audio things when they're on the. Uh, 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 in Atabongo, um, underwater, like, like I remember, um, I don't remember, I, I didn't have a lot spoiled with Attack of the Clones. Um, oddly, a lot of my memories of Attack of the Clones are, um, you know, 
being really concerned that my girlfriend at the time who was a Star Trek fan would like it because she was my <laughs> first girlfriend and we see it. And uh, yeah, and that was my biggest concern of the time. Um, yeah, I, I did not get a lot spoiled uh, as much as I thought. I think one thing that is interesting about the Attack, Attack of Clones and all the other things is that since we knew how the story was ending in some ways, it sort of took away from some of the surprises, but you know, I don't know. It didn't really spoil me that much. That's awesome. Cause uh, yeah. I can tell you how to ruin a movie for yourself is by having it all spoiled yeah. before you, <laughs> you walk out like, well, there's Just nothing. That, new. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Three years go by. You've got revenge of the Sith. This is the big one. Yes. Now we know where this is. We know where it's going. Yeah. We know where it's heading. Yep. We're excited for yep. it. Yep. How excited were for were you for it? Did you see it the minute you could? Did you? Because now you would have been. Yeah, yeah. You would have been older now. You were like twenty. I'm. I was like about 20. twenty. Yeah, I was. I was uh, I think a senior in college. Um, I remember going to see it with uh, my boss. Uh, I worked. Uh, I went to NYU. Uh, I was in college, and about the time that was like that. It was no. It was in high school. I was a Lucas apologist because everyone hated the prequels except me, and I loved the prequels and oh how do you like these movies they're terrible i'm like the star wars you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, and actually sorry, like, can i just interrupt yeah. sorry for a second yeah, yeah. i'm just what you're saying now is bring me back to you reading those those novels when you were younger how you're like yeah. these stories were terrible but now you're talking about the prequels which everyone's saying is terrible you're like but it's star wars you your mentality from that has never changed towards towards the franchise and that yeah. you love it for what it is yeah i mean there there are plenty of of stories that I am critical of. Like I can, let's, I, I think that like, we all talk about the crystal star, the uh, expanded universe being like the worst expanded universe one. But for my money, it's planet of twilight. Um, I remember like I read that for school cause I had got away with like, Oh, you have to do read a sci-fi book. I'm like, well, sir, <laughs> I, I was like, this is terrible. Um, I remember, you know, like the whole Callista trilogy that was just, I think Planet of Twilight was a part of the Dark Saber stuff, um, which was kind of wonky. The, the Corellian trilogy was, wasn't very good and I couldn't even finish. Um, you know, and with the prequels, it's like, you know, like they, I love them because they were Star Wars. They were flawed beasts. They are flawed beasts. Um, but they're Star Wars. And, you know, I sort of appreciate one thing that I love about, uh, franchises in general, the thing that I sort of, look towards it's like i like it when they get weird i like it when they explore ideas uh one of my favorite series uh tv series is fringe and what i think i loved about that series is that it tried to do a lot of things and it failed frequently but it tried to do something um and you know star wars does it a lot it tries stuff it doesn't always work um but they're trying and and I think that's really exciting. And, and yeah, but like when it comes to Star Wars in general, it's, it's Star Wars. It's like, I just like, look, I, for example, like I'm not the biggest fan of Rebels. I'm not the biggest fan of, um, you know, I, I haven't played a lot of the video games recently. I, I'm, uh, I think Rogue One is overrated, uh, but I love them. I still love them. Like I, you know, I, and I, I support people who love those things and I think it's great, but like, it's, it's, it's fucking Star Wars. Like, just enjoy what you enjoy. I think there's so many ways to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I think there's so many ways to enjoy this, uh, the stories that are being told. That, like, if you start getting mad about it, like, 
you know, there's a line in Justified. Like if you like, you meet like an uh, like an asshole. Like you go through your day, you meet an asshole. He's an asshole, right? You go through your day meeting uh like everyone you meet is an asshole, then you're the asshole. Um, and I feel like that's a good way to think about life. Like, look, if you just like accept that people like things differently, and you know there are aspects of Star Wars that you appreciate more than others, or whether even if it's Star Trek or Farscape or uh, or uh, Doctor Who or whatever uh, you're into, it's like there's always going to be something that you don't necessarily love, and there's not going to there's always going to be something that you love more than others, and uh, things that you're critical of and things that you're less critical of. But just except you like it, like just like it, just like it, just why, why get angry about it? It's just a goddamn movie franchise. It's, it's, whatever. I don't but know yeah, that's, yeah. that's gonna matter at Star Wars ever. No, I no, no. They're all no. flawless. Yeah, but in that to that point, it's like it's what what is is someone who unabashedly loved the prequels during my uh, my youth and was mocked relentlessly for liking the prequels um in the like it's like i just liked it like that was it i just, mm-hmm. I just liked it and it's like so when i went to the point is like i went into revenge of the sith and like everyone's like, down on star wars down on like lucas down on um you know, just enjoying this franchise. And, but I, my boss was a big fan of star Wars. Um, and his wife, who was also my other boss was, uh, a big fan when I was, when I was working at NYU, these are my professors and my bosses. Um, and you know, we went to go see Revenge of the Sith, like opening night, opening weekend. And I remember like the, the audience were fucking nuts. They were like jumping up and plotting and going crazy. This guy in front of me, like, I like, he jumps up and he's just like, Oh, that blue empire out of the water. I'm like, Damn right, did we? High five. And everyone was in love with it. Um, you know, it's funny. And again, it's weird how, like, this narrative around these films has changed. And that's a, another conversation about, like, how how uh, subjective media, how mm-hmm. stories evolve with time. Um, but yeah, I, I remember loving every single So now Revenge of the Sith has come and gone. You've given your high fives yeah. and all that. Yeah. But now yeah. is what I call the second dark time. The Empire mm-hmm. has officially taken over. Uh, yep. George Lucas has said repeatedly, no, Star Wars is done. It's all over. There's no more Star Wars ever happening. He's done. He's told, yeah. to- told the story. There were little pieces being released, like oh, TV shows being work- worked on. Yeah. But theatrically, Star Wars was over. Did yeah. you maintain your fandom or oh, yeah. did you oh, yeah. go hardcore into Doctor Who? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so... Uh... I will say that, so uh, just quick, real quickly, Doctor Who is a relatively recent thing. Uh, Doctor Who was one of those things where I discovered uh, uh, after college, it was about 2010, 2011. My roommate at the time was like, hey, you like sci-fi, you should watch Doctor Who. And I'm like, I had watched the uh, the eighth Doctor premiere back in 1980, uh, 1997 uh, or 96, 96, 96. Um, and I remember liking it, but like, you know, it didn't go anywhere. But like Doctor Who was like, that's a recent addition, uh, but that was sort of like someone saying, "Like, hey, you know, uh, you really like cocaine. Have you tried meth?" <laughs> um, it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh no. Uh, so uh, no. Uh, during the after um, 
after around the time, so there's a couple things that were going on. Uh, I was really into the other fandom. I was really a big part of uh, while the films like in between uh, Star Wars, I was really into was Farscape um, because I, after the Phantom Menace came out, um, I was really looking for more sci-fi and I was like, I need more. I need, I, I clearly like was seeing a Phantom Menace in theaters was like, Oh, I am. I'm, I really love this not franchise but i love this this genre i want more of this genre so i i started watching farscape which was a uh show on sci-fi produced by jim henson um and i was really addicted to that i was like i went hardcore on that um i started like my own website uh the farscape encyclopedia project um i was really 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 into that um and that sort of like helped me like during the periods of time when like star wars was like the movies were not coming out but throughout all that i read the novels um and during the dark time the second dark times um it was like you know i was reading the new jedi order um i was still a fan but i think after um after the end of revenge of the sith i sort of i did finish reading the new jedi order because i had to finish that um, cause I've been wait. I, I was sort of like one of those people who wanted to get the whole series so I can like binge read it. Um, I like, I wait for like trilogies to come out. I just, I just read straight through all of them. Um, and then I was like, you know, what? I, I've done a, I, all I've been reading the Star Wars novels. I really need to take a break. And I read like the dark tower series and things like that, but it was always there. I mean, it, I, it, it would, you know, I was, I was still buying all the novels. Um, I was still, uh, reading them here and there. I, you know, still collect things, um, whether it be toys or stuff like that. Um, but it was sort of like at more of a down period, I would say it was sort of like, it was always there, but it wasn't as present as it was leading up to the end of Revenge of the Sith. Like it was sort of like, again, I'm still buying the books. I'm still reading the books. I'm buying things. I'm collecting things. But I would say that like, it was just a bit more muted because it's like, we didn't think there was anything coming. I mean, I, I went to go see Clone Wars in theaters and that was fine. I was like, and I accepted it for what it was. It's like, oh, this is three episodes stitched together. Mm -hmm. This is fine for a, a pilot. It's not a good theatrical film, but it's fine. Uh, I, you know, enjoyed the Clone Wars as it came out. Um, you know, I think the show improved over time. And I think that it really became a better series as like it, it, it became a really good series as, as it progressed. And I remember sometimes being like, oh, wow, that's messed up. That's, that's really, that's kind of what I was hoping for. And, uh, some of the prequels. Um, but yeah, I would say I, it was always there, uh, maybe a bit more muted in a lot of ways. Um, and I think that's like, what is the funny thing is like my, my girlfriend thinks I'm more into Doctor Who than Star Wars is because like when she met me, there was no new Star Wars. There was nothing really coming out um, during that period of time. Uh, but there was a lot of Doctor Who content coming out. So I was like consuming that and discussing about that a lot. And then on... Uh, and then like they announced the new films and that was sort of again like it's like it, like there's there's been an awakening and there was definitely a reawakening in my case so but yeah um did you ever go to a celebration after, after no the first phantom and then before the disney era uh no uh just because it was like yeah it was you know i was a poor 20 something year old you know i was i it didn't make financial sense to go to these things um you know, I was a poor college student, then a poor 20-something-year-old, and 
it wasn't until uh, the la- the one in 2017 that I was able to go to uh, professionally that I was able to go back to celebration. Um, There's definitely a, a, a lot of FOMO going on, but it's also <laughs> like it was also during that period of time where like as much as I like the Clone Wars and as much as I really appreciate what they what they did and what what it's done for that era um, and for those characters like Ahsoka is one of the best additions to the, the canon. Um, and Ashley Eckstein is just the sweetest person in the world. Um, you know, I think that it, it's weird to say this, but like Star Wars wasn't being made for me, but that's always true. Like Star Wars isn't being made for me. It's always being made for the next generation, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, a younger generation. And it was stuff that while it is very good and while Clone Wars, like I said, Clone Wars is, one of the strongest additions that uh, Lucas uh, gave to the canon. Um, and I think uh, Filoni's involvement was great. I remember the the micro series as well was also excellent. Um, I think that it wasn't necessarily being made uh, with me in mind. And I understood that. And I'm like, this is definitely more younger skewing than I am. And I like it for what it is. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't like consuming it in the same way that I was the novels or stuff like that. It's just sort of like, I felt for a time that I sort of like not necessarily aged out of, of Star Wars um, because I don't think I've ever aged out of Star Wars. It was just more like, it just wasn't, it wasn't the primary in my mind because it's like, there wasn't a lot of stuff coming out that was, you know, what I wanted out of it. And I was like, that's, and again, I'm like, that's totally fine. That's like, that's cool. There are new Star Wars fans coming out. And like, I had my prequels, I had my original trilogy, that I have my books, and like, it's fine. Like, I'm happy with what I have. And like, Clone Wars is like this cool addition that I get to, I, I was still buying the Blu-rays and still watching them. Like, this is very good. I'm not, I'm not like, super in love with it. But like, I, there's lightsabers, you know, like, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I'm happy. <laughs> Maybe that's what you know? Rogue One was missing was more lightsabers for you. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, and we could talk about Rogue One and, and like we'll get to that. We'll talk about Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, we will. Because no, I was just making a joke, but it is something that I'm yeah. curious about for the future of Star Wars. Yeah. So to 2012. Yeah. All our minds are blown up. I I was super oh, yeah. excited about about the obviously Disney purchasing Lucasfilm because I wasn't no. Okay. I want to know why I was because I was looking at from the Marvel perspective, how they achieved that. I mean, that was only three years, four years in, but I said, but I, that was my mentality. And also I'm a huge, I I love Disney movies, but so I was, I was like, that's so cool. All right. So you weren't, this is getting juicy. Let's go. Star Wars fan. Um, no, I wasn't surprised because, um, I had heard, it wasn't rumors because it was it was not a rumor. It was a fact. Um, I had heard from people within the industry that it, like Lucas was planning on selling to Disney, and I was like, "Really?" I'm like, "That doesn't track." Like, why Disney? It's like because he thinks he could they could take care of it better. Mm-hmm. And you know, I will say, like, if you look at like the making of Star Wars, um, like when, I'm not sure if it's Empire, Return of the Jedi, or the original Star Wars. But, like, he does mention, like, he wants it to be Disney. Like, yeah. he does sort of imply that, like, it's Disney is the next, like, he probably would sell to Disney or Disney. He would love, to, he would have loved to have worked with Disney with producing it. Yeah. So, like, again, and I won't say who it was and I won't say when I heard it, but it was before the sale. Um, 
but yeah, I, I knew it was coming. Uh, it was still still shocking that it did happen. Um, but I think you know the, the thing that people need to remember the reason why he sold it was that Lucasfilm wasn't making a profit. Like it wasn't like the the licensing was there, but it was a downtime for Star Wars. Um, There's uh, Lucas was. Um, he was burnt out by the fan reaction to pre- the prequels, which I think we need to underline. Like the fans, there was a section of the fans that were terrible to him, um, and are still sort of terrible to him to this day about their perception of the prequels. And you know, Lucas, there was a combination of like I just don't want to do this anymore. A combination of like I think that uh, Disney can handle this franchise better, and it was also a way of making sure that everyone he employed at Lucasfilm would have a job. Like, and that is something that I think that is really uh, missed is that the way the sale happened was to protect all his employees. Like, there's a reason why everyone who was working, like, unless people have left uh, based on their own choice, like, he hired Kathleen Kennedy on uh, to help over because, like, they worked together a lot. And Kathleen Kennedy is a very talented producer who has produced some of the greatest films that you uh, you've grown up and loved. Um, but he hired her on, and then because he was that way, like there was someone to steward the sh- uh, be a steward of the ship, and then the sale happened. And the sale happened to make sure that like everyone who was working there was still employed, like you know that Disney couldn't come in, um, or whoever bought the company couldn't come in and just fire everybody and lay everyone off. He's like, no, you, you're he's protecting these employees, and like that's something that like a lot of people seem to to not know is like how good a boss Lucas was and how giving he was to his employees. Um, and that was a big part of the sale was to uh, help help the brand, help Star Wars. He's like, all right, Star Wars can sort of live. It Disney has the infrastructure to make sure that a Lucasfilm is protected, um, that that company within the company could be like it, like they have the money to support Lucasfilm and then they can expand the franchise in ways that he alone could not do. Um, and again, like it was to protect his employees and make sure that Lucasfilm would keep on going after him. Um, yeah. So it, it, I was surprised by it. Um, and I wasn't surprised by it. I was surprised that it was happening because I'm like, I, there's no way I just, just couldn't see him selling. But then like, having known that it was a possibility it's like oh wow it actually did happen that um but i think the thing that shocked me the most is like oh my god i'm getting episode seven and like that is i still i'm like i'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm remembering that feeling of just being like the one thing i wanted more than everything else like the thing that I, the, the stuff that i find most interesting about uh the Star Wars franchise, Star Wars era, uh, the the era that this the Star Wars era that has enraptured me the most has been the post Return of the Jedi era. Uh, that's because that's a lot of what the Legends were, a lot of what the expanded universe was. But I also find intrinsically interesting what happens after the heroes win. Like, what is that story? The heroes have won. What is next? And oh my God, I get to see that. I get to see what happens to Luke. I get to see what happens to Han and Leia. Um, there was a moment of being very bummed that I'm like, wait a minute, all the books I've read are not canon. Um, all the stuff, all that, all those years of stories that I, I've like put in and loved mean nothing. 
that sucks. But at the same time, more Luke, more Han, more Leia, you know, and, and I will say, like, I, I, I know I'm step, I'm monologuing, but like, let's be honest, like, I know this for a fact that whether Lucas produced the set, the sequels or Disney produced the sequels, the expanded universe would have been ignored. Yeah. So like, it might've been like a vague past, but like, yeah, like Luke wasn't going to marry like Ben Skywalker was not going to be a thing. Um, yeah. So it was weird. Like just being like, yeah. So yes, I'm sorry. I'm monologuing. No, don't apologize. So I want to ask as a reader, as I have a reader, like you just said, and how all in 2013, yep. they said all those books, nope, they don't exist. I want to know your, so you just, you said, you know, you're kind of bummed about that. Yeah. But my feeling on it was like I I agree that obviously was never a good thing, and I think George Lucas always said like he never really considered those canon. Like he was yeah. never really like he was never going to be handcuffed to those. And I think he made changes sometimes just to be like no 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 I, I make I call the shots here. Yeah. But but I want to ask you if if you think ending the legends run now the legends run the EU was a choice that maybe you would make or the right, not the right choice. Cause who are we to, to say that? Would you have made that choice or would you have said, we will continue these stories under this legend banner mm. like they did with, um, uh, what's that? The video game. The old, um, Oh, that's the Republic. Yes. Is that, it was next to the Republic. The, yeah. yeah. They, that game, they're like, this exists. It's not Canon. Right. Do you think that they could have gone that route and said, Hey, um, we could do this. Yeah. So uh, let's start with the fact that I think that while uh, let me step back and say that I was bummed to find out that all the stuff I want, I read um, was no longer Canon, even though it never really was never really was Canon. Let's be honest. Um, Like I was bummed that like it didn't count. That makes sense. Um, But at the same time, I've worked on a lot of, I've worked in some licensed media uh, and I, especially with star Wars, it makes a lot of sense for them to not be beholden to novels that statistically speaking was read by the minority of the audience. Um, Why who in their right mind would say, yeah, well, Chewbacca died. So we can't use him. Let's make a new star Wars without Chewbacca. Because that's what the majority of the audience wants is a Star Wars film without Chewbacca. That's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, I think from a creative standpoint, it made a lot of sense to break free. Like, Star Wars isn't um, isn't Doctor Who where it can sort of soft reboot. You know, you can't like – Doctor Who doesn't allow you to – a doctor who allows you to like continue the narrative, but basically have an entirely new cast. Um, and it's still with the same show. Uh, Star Trek uh, has the ability to, because it's second series was a generational jump. Um, allows them to do that. But like, I just don't think Lucasfilm, I think the creators could incorporate uh, all the disparate, legends material because it's kind of crazy like a lot of the stuff that like it's like the bible like like a lot of stuff contradicts itself and like you know you're like this thing contradicts that thing but this thing also says that thing uh you know it, it made sense from a standpoint do i think they should have continued it 
I don't. I think they can revisit it later. I think at the time, and I mind you, this is only a four or five year period we're talking about. Yeah. This is 2012, like when, like that. That was when um, a new dawn started, right? It was 2012. Uh, um, it 12 or, or 13, 13, thir- 14. 14, yes, 14. 14. We're talking about a five year period, like which, in the grand scheme of things, is not very long. We're talking about a, a where they're like, look, I think that if they had done legends concurrently with the new canon it would have created brand confusion you know i think again star wars is not star trek you can't have star trek has since day one had a parallel sort of universe in the novels and it's always sort of been there um doctor who has also had the same thing where you have the tv show the audio dramas the novels and if that sort of universe is sort of built on like if you so choose the audio dramas are canon. If you so choose, the novels are canon. There's nothing that, like, nothing in, as long as A doesn't um, disagree with B, like, they can all sort of exist. Star Wars was built in such a way that the novels are all part of this ongoing chronology. And I think, like, how, if you're a newbie, right? If you're someone who's like, wow, I really like episode seven. I really want to read more. I want to read stuff about these characters. And you pick up a book that says, like, Han Solo's son and like oh this must be about Kylo Ren and it's about Jason Solo you know if you're not well read in it's just like wait 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 what this is a new story that has nothing to do with this other new story that I love yeah. I think it's just like from a creative standpoint and from a brand management standpoint it made sense to end Legends or at least put it on hiatus I mean we we already have a new Legends stories coming out uh the comics did one recently but it's like you know, I, I think it made sense. Um, it allowed the creators to do more. It allows the the Lucasfilm to sort of sort of reboot. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, great. Point. I know I'm talking. You said an hour, and it's like we're already an hour and a half. I'm very <laughs> verbose. I'm sorry. Right, I'll, sorry. I'll get this going. <laughs> All right. So uh, you don't play much of the new video games, so Battlefront, I won't even talk to you about. Were you were you at least a little excited about Battlefront? First new Star Wars. Oh video yeah. Game, new one and. You know? Yeah, I was excited about it. Um, I think it was like it, the, my problem was is that what turned me off to it is just like as I'm a very casual gamer, like very casual. Like I'm not. I have. I'm buying a Switch this year. Like that's <laughs> yeah. my big plan to just get a Switch now. Um, you know, my my girlfriend doesn't really enjoy video games, uh, and when I'm home, like I we I want to spend time with her, or you know, write uh, or watch TV with her, and it's like video games didn't become a big part of uh it hasn't been a big part of my life and then on top of that it's like oh you need a subscription oh you need to like play against like all these people i just like i just want a story just give me a freaking story so i can play um so like i'm i'm looking like i'm tempted to get jedi fallen order but like i have a ps3 i'm gonna wait to the ps5 yeah um yeah you kind of miss it on the ps4 now yeah 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 so it's like yeah like I like the like I was excited about the idea of it, but like the the cost uh, around it, uh, in addition to um, just the gameplay, wasn't something that I was interested in. Like I played it a couple of times, and I'm like, oh, screw this! Like I, I step out, and like some six year old shoots me. I'm like, this is not what I want out of a video game. <laughs> this is not what I personally want out of a video game. Not to just discount what other people enjoy, but like this is not what I want. So yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I like the idea. I think Fallen Order, uh, which I've been playing for a week, is uh, nice. Pretty, I wish uh, is uh, 
when people listen to this or watch this. Yeah, yeah. All right, no, um, I think that's gonna. I, it looks like that's gonna grab a lot of people back in. To oh yeah, game. yeah. I was into Battlefront. I really enjoyed. it. I played with my wife. There was this on the first Battlefront. There was a survival mode where you yeah. didn't have to play online, and it was just us. And then waves of stormtroopers would come at you and attack, and yeah. um, we would just play that because we're not really. We're we're also like you very. I just got a switch like a couple months ago. Very yeah. casual gamers like yeah. You know, I put on a Mario game and I'll play it for half an hour. I'm like, okay, see you tomorrow. Like, and that's it for me. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's where I am. Force Awakens. It's hitting the screen. Finally hitting the screen. You didn't go to I, that Star Wars celebration though. I didn't. No, I didn't. But I um. I man, I remember seeing that in the theater, and it was like I remember, it was like I, I remember, I was, I remember the first time I heard Luke's voice, like mm-hmm. the force is strong in my family. Um, you have that power too. I was like, <laughs> like I was like hearing Luke for the first time. Um, this, I remember going to see John Wick uh, to go see the trailer and being like, oh my god, like what is going on? And seeing the Falcon for the first time again. I. Um, yeah, I oh God, that movie. I, I, I that movie, even though it's like a New Hope Redux, which it is, um, but so is Phantom Menace in a lot of ways. Um, it's so infinitely rewatchable. Like I've rewatched that movie countless times. Um, yeah, uh, I I just remember being really just. I think before we get into discussing the movie, just discussing the anticipation of it. Um, I think the thing that really was so exciting. I mentioned this before. It's like, I loved the post return of the Jedi era. And I loved the idea of episode seven. I always, I was talked about this a lot. Like episode seven seemed implausible. Like it just seemed like yeah. there's no way we're getting episode seven. And then the, so it's because we're not getting episode seven. Like episode eight is just frankly impossible. It's never going to happen. And that like episode nine was like, there's no such like why do we even think about an episode nine because we're not getting an episode seven and eight you know it's just it, it just didn't cross my mind so like just seeing these films and just getting to like revisit this universe and and, and it's so exciting and just because there's more stories like because you get more stories that means there's more stories like there's new characters and there's these like I think it's like like the question of like who is Ray, who is Finn, who who is Poe, like where's Luke? Like, oh my god, Chewie were home and 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 just it was a combination of nostalgia and the excitement of returning to this world with new characters. And I think that is something that we always see a lot of around the discourse something that's kind of forgotten around the discourse of the, the film is that in twenty fourteen, it was very clear that these new films were going to be about a new generation. Like J.J. Abrams, like in an article, I believe, uh, I don't know if it was Wired, but I do know for certain that it was around that period of time. like, this is a story about a new generation. It's about the passing of the torch. Um, and that, we can talk about that in a bit, but like, that was really something. There's just new, there's new Star Wars. It's just new Star Wars. It's just like, <laughs> Like it's just this is more and there's more and like and like I, and that's what I always go back to like the thing that I never understand about some people who don't like this sequel trilogy and I want to be very clear like you are allowed to not like anything like if you don't like the sequel trilogy cool like you don't have to like any Star Wars you don't have to like you you can just be a Clone Wars fan you can just be a, a whatever a Legends fan you don't have to like the new films 
but what I, I don't understand about this, there's a lot of things I don't understand about the discourse, but the one thing that I always kind of go back to, it's like, but there's new Star Wars. Like, it's it's Star Wars, but it's new. It's not, there are just more. Just be excited about that. Like, the, the thing that, like, I remember, like, and this is sort of, uh, this. I think I'll try to bring this back to everything, but I remember there's a lot of discourse around female fans at comic conventions. And a lot of older white men, um, I was sort of seeing this on, on Facebook. This is before the new Star Wars films came out. And I was, I was writing pulp novels. Pulp novels are sort of like a high adventure stories. Um, and I was writing these things and sort of seeing this discourse like, well, they're not real fans because they just want to get laid. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. They're, they're just, they're fans. They're female fans. Why are we not excited about this? Like as someone like who was like always wanting like – to date someone who a, a woman who loves these things as much as me you know or or to degree of it it's like why are we why are you angry like what why are you angry about a young woman liking the thing you like isn't that exciting isn't that awesome um like we can share it now and and i remember like so it's the same thing like with star wars like there's new star wars fans if there's new star wars fans there are more people to talk about it. I had a conversation with this uh, guy I used to work with. He was like, I liked it when Star Wars was uh, was like small, like and no one talked about it. I liked it. It was, it was just this thing that I held and everyone – like it was a special thing. And I'm like, I, I get that. I get that. But there are more fans. There are more people to be excited with, the things to share it with. Like like you and I, we didn't know each other before this. We, like, we didn't know each other. I Like there's some people that I've met over the last couple of years because of like star wars is growing it's alive and it's like well you like this thing about star wars like, well, let's talk about it. It's, it it's new so the thing that i never understand about the discourse around the new films it's like you, you don't have to like it but be excited there's more because if, if there's more that means there are more people who will love this thing that you love and they might not love it the same way that you do but they still love it and they love it in different ways and it, it, it's that, so that so the point is is like when episode seven came out it was just like or even the talk of it, it's like i get more i get to see more i get to hear more i get to learn more i get to discover and go down different avenues of this this crazy franchise which is the reason why i um i went to college and i didn't mention this but right around the time revenge of the sith came out um this is one of my favorite stories, and I'm sorry I didn't tell around Sam Revenge of the Sith Knight because I forgot. So you can, so if you want to, you can edit this in. <laughs> so around the time, so I'll, I'll phrase it this way. Um, so around the time uh, Revenge of the Sith came out, uh, I was working at NYU, as I had mentioned. Um, I was working in the film and TV library, and we were sort of overseeing a lot of the events that happened within the uh, offices and the building of Tish. And there was a rumor one day. The rumor was. George Lucas was coming to NYU. And I went to my boss. I'm like, is it true that Lucas is coming to NYU? And they're like, we can't well, I can't say anything. I am not allowed to say anything. I'm not allowed to say anything. Okay. Talk to another another person I work with. Like, is it true that Lucas is coming? I'm like, what do I do? And he's like, if I were you, I would be by this room at this time. <laughs> 
Not saying why, not saying why, just saying that if I were you, who is a big Star Wars fan, I would be outside this room at this specific time. Okay. I look at my schedule. It's the right, right before my first animation class of that semester. And I'm a really nerd. I'm a huge nerd. I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't skip school. I don't do anything. I'm like, I can't miss class. <laughs> <laughs> I can't miss class. So I, I, I call my mom up. Um, and I'm like, mom, my, my, this is my soft, this is my senior year. So like <laughs> I'm 21 at this point. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, mom, what do I do? I can't miss class. My mom says, Adam, what the fuck? Go meet George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I got to meet George Lucas. And it was crazy. Like I sit there and this old man sits, sits next to me. We're talking for a while. And I'm like, you're not George Lucas. Why are you bothering me, old man? It's Walter fucking Murch. Um, I find out later. Because they're talking about a THX 1138. That's why they're there. The special edition of it. And they go and they talk. And like, it's, it's crazy because like, like Lucas talks about like how he started working in the uh, entertainment, like the doing what he did because he wanted to work outside the the um, the the studio system. And he's like, in doing so, I became the studio system. Like that is really self aware, sir. Um, but I got to talk to. He signed my copy of THX 1138, which is great. Um, I have it here still. Uh, and I, uh, I got to say to him, like, my dad's, my dad is a huge fan of, uh, old school Republic serials. So like, I always understood that it's like Star Wars is a serial. I understood that. And then I'm like, oh my God, there's a character called Commando Cody named after my fa- my dad's favorite superhero, uh, the, the Republic hero, serial hero, Rur- Commando Cody. And I'm like, sir, I understand what you're doing. <laughs> So that was awesome. That was one of those moments of like I got to I got to meet Lucas uh, right before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. So uh, did that color my reaction to the Revenge of the Sith? Probably. Who cares? So, you got to meet. Yeah, Lucas. who cares? <laughs> I got to. Dude. I got to. Meet yeah, him. that's it's awesome. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so then. Uh, so yeah. Uh, How many times yeah. did you see Force Awakens in the theater? I want to say five. Five, so half no, of Phantom Menace. So you like it half, half as much as the Phantom Menace. That's what. You... <laughs> no, I yeah yeah. If we measure it by that, I definitely I'm I'm planning on seeing. So I will say this: like I uh, recently got the Alamo Draft House season pass. Uh, Alamo Draft House. If I'm not sure if you guys have it up in Canada. Is, oh no, we have nothing. Uh, I'm so sorry. So if you like, uh, this is uh, this is not a paid advertisement for Alamo Draft House. I I'm I've I am not an Alamo Draft House shill, uh, but I will say that like it is the best movie experience I've ever had. You, it's one of those like dine-in theaters where like you get to like, they feed, you get dinner and like drinks and stuff like that. And they kick you out. Like, um, if you, uh, like text or tweet or speak too loudly, like it's just as someone, uh, one of the benefits of my career has been going to a lot of, uh, screenings, uh, movie screenings. Um, like I saw the, you know, I saw, uh, we'll get to a bit, but I've seen certain films, as screenings and it's like you sit down everyone's quiet because they have to they have to pay attention to the movie because it's their job um they're respectful of what's going on like no one's talking everyone's just watching the movie so you go see other movies um in regular theaters and everyone's like look at my cell phone like like what are you doing and like you're like it's just it's so bad and then i you go to alma draft house and everyone's sitting there 
they're drinking their drinks, they're eating their food, they're watching the movie, and they're laughing at the right times, and they're interacting with the movies at the right time. Um, but I got the almost season pass, which is like you know only cost me like a twenty bucks for a month, and I can go anytime for like a like it only cost me like a dollar seventy five per ticket per time, so I can wow. get to go like. So it's like. Am I gonna go see the Force of like a Rise of Skywalker ten times because it only cost me ten bucks? Yes, yes, I am. I am. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I. But yes. Uh, so no, I wouldn't say I liked it half as much. I think it really was the movie that I wanted it to be in a lot of ways. Um, is it perfect? No, I don't think any. I don't think even Empire Strikes Back is a perfect film because you know you look at Empire Strikes Back and a lot of the uh you start breaking when you start thinking about time and how time moves and like you know like how long does it take for them to get from the asteroid field to the bestman things like that like it starts to break down a little bit um i think it's the closest to i think probably like a new hope is probably a a tighter film yeah. than empire but uh, it's also the but, it's the first one too right it's like it has yeah. to be yeah more so i think yeah yeah so i, I think um I don't think Force Awakens perfect, but I think it's it just felt like mm-hmm. Star Wars. I think the thing that I love about the sequel trilogy is that instantly I'm connected to Poe, I'm connected to Finn, I'm connected to Ray. Ray doesn't speak for a good like almost eight minutes. Um, maybe it's five, maybe it's eight. I can't remember. I know I wrote it down recently, uh, but. She doesn't speak for a very long time, but we are invested in her story because of the visual storytelling that Abrams employs. The first time she speaks is not in English. Um, and like Kylo Ren is this fascinating villain. And, you know, like, yeah, are things not perfectly explained about the political situation? You know, is the Rathar sequence sort of like superfluous? Yes, but it felt like Star Wars. And seeing our old friends again and like just that cliffhanger with luke um and also i think like one thing that i think a lot about with the force weekends in relation to i remember the criticism that came out like everyone loved it and then it was like oh it's just a new hope redux like you know what i like about that choice that it's a sort of a, a new hope redux is that it in the same way that i loved about Phantom menace and what I love about A New Hope, it's like I love the idea that every trilogy starts with a young orphan uh, from a desert planet destined for greatness. I love that. I love the idea that like it's part of the mythic cycle. Like it's the Cambellian cycle of like this person starts here. And I think that from a more metatextual, like you have the first cycle, right? And it goes wrong. And um, he turns instead of he does instead of choosing his destiny, he denies his destiny. So then his son has to pick up the sword and he goes through his uh, arc and he becomes the hero. And then because of choices he makes, he fails. And then the sword passes to this new generation, a new, a young woman, which I, which I think is again, a, another great choice. She has to pick up the sword and finish the fight that the two other previous generations couldn't complete. And I think just, from that sort of larger metatextual standpoint, I think it, I love it. So I think, yes, I think Phantom Menace is better. It's not, it is, <laughs> I, I think The Force Awakens is better than Phantom Menace. Um, 
I did, but then I think just it's an infinitely rewatchable film, The Force Awakens. There's, I won't say this now, I've said this before. There's one thing in The Force Awakens that going into it, I said to my friends, I said, there's one aspect of Star Wars that I hope they keep in The Force Awakens. And yeah. I was like, and I think J.J. will. And I came out of the theater and I said, damn it, Abrams, you didn't do the one thing I wanted. I'll tell you that later. Cause we'll, we'll cover Actually, no, the one thing is just the way George Lucas tells a story. It was yeah. meeting characters through characters. So, you know, in the in A New Hope, you, you have the droids, then, you know, the, the Rebellion, then the Stormtroopers, and Vader, yeah. and then Leia, and then the droids leave, and then you get into Luke, and... And then you, when Luke, you meet Obi Wan. Obi Wan, you meet Han, and and it keeps going in that way. And you don't you don't split off until you've met those characters. And Force Awakens, it cut to Ray after Finn, and I was like, I was really yeah. hoping. I was really hoping. Um, I mean, is that enough to ruin a movie for you? No. Hey. So no. you know, it's just the one thing I'm like, you know, I kind of I just love. It's so unique, I find, and and just something that isn't yeah. thought of anymore that I really like. So you like. Uh, Force Wiggins, which I think is fair to say it made, what, $2 billion, so you're not the only yeah. one. Yes. Uh, but the, the biggest question mark after the Disney uh, purchase was this Rogue One film. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we're going to do spinoffs. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And so the trailers came out, and then Looked rumblings great. were heard, like, oh, there's behind-the-scenes right. problems. Uh, did that temper your excitement at all, or did you – and did you see it opening night and all that? Oh, I saw it opening night. Um, I Let me uh, temper my second. I was really excited about it because, again, new Star Wars is new Star Wars, and I'm getting new Star Wars. And I, and like, I think it was really great to sort of like – sort of like to see this thing that we had heard about for so long, like the Rebel Spies and things like that. Um, you know, I heard about the the rumblings behind the set. Like, oof, that makes me a little anxious. And But then, you know, I, I absolutely loved the movie when I saw it. Like, I – stood up cheering <laughs> after it and i'm like this is great this is great um and i still contend it's a really fun star wars film and i think anyone who follows me on twitter knows that i have i'm critical of it yes and i think what i think is interesting about what's interesting about what's happened in terms of film discourses not just the star wars discourse this is film discourse is that you either have to love it completely or hate it completely um, and I sometimes there are a lot of Rogue One stands who are upset with me because I voice criticisms of it. And I want to be very clear on this. It's like, I still love it. And I think my criticisms of it, like I have issues with Jin's arc. I have issues with the way Vader is used. I think the film structure is a mess. Um, and that's partly due to the, the amount of reshoots, um, I think that, you know, it, it comes from a place I'm like, this could have been the best Star Wars film ever. I think that the it, it just, it falls short of that because it's, there are some choices that are made that I think are safe for the sake of being safe. Like, you know, people's like, oh, people, they, everyone died. I'm like, yeah, but we all kind of need that going in. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people... It's funny, like, I, I don't know if you are familiar with Patrick Willems' work on, um, he is a, he's become a very good friend of mine um, over the last uh, couple of months, um, last like year or so. Um, but we met because of Star Wars videos and our opinions on it. And one thing that he points to, and I have to agree, is that if and we ask someone like, what's your favorite 
scene in Star Wars, if they point to the Vader hallway and scene, we sort of understand what it is they want out of Star Wars. And again, like, I don't think, again, there, there's no right way to be a fan of Star Wars. Um, I think there's so many ways to be a fan. It's like, if your Rogue One is your favorite Star Wars film, great. I wish I saw what you see. Um, if that's your favorite scene, that's awesome. Like that's that's great. But like I think for me, what it means is that what what the Vader hallway scene is to me specifically is that it doesn't have anything to do with the story. Yes, it ties into A New Hope, but what I love about the new sequels about the sequel trilogy is that it everything it does sort of influences the story. And I, I can talk about uh, this when we talk about The Last Jedi, but like the Vader hallway scene is the same problem I have with like having uh, Pond, uh, Baba um, and Dr. Evazan uh, on Jeddah. It's the same problem I have with having Tarkin in the movie and lots of little things sort of spread out through the, the film where they're there to sort of like give you the member berries, you know, from the, from South Park, they, they, they give you that nostalgia. Um, and it's great in the moment. It's like, Oh my God, Vader's being a badass! Like, that's exactly what we've always wanted to see. But like, I, I remember like after the movie came out, after we went to see it, like, what was your favorite part? I'm like, Oh, and Leia showed up. And I thought about it. I'm like, why is my favorite part have nothing to do with these new characters? Why is my favorite part all about seeing Leia again or Vader again? Um, it's whereas like, I look at, what's my favorite part of the uh, force awakens it's ray and finn and poe and kylo ren it's those characters that i'm invested in with rogue one it was like these characters are fine but you know Jin goes from like oh, i hate the rebellion to like rebellions a bit on hope between two scenes um you know and then you have i'm i'm mudding the, the point the point is is that with rogue one i think there were choices that were made that were very, very fun for fans who want to just sort of see these things. And I don't think they come together in the best way. Like for me, I kind of wish the entire movie had been the Vader hallway scene. Like what if instead of Krennic, who is a fine character in his own, um, what if it's Krennic, uh, Vader, who is chasing these heroes down. Like, they're, they're, the Empire finds out about something, they send Vader, like, you are our authority person, like, you are our guy, go get them. And they're being chased. Excuse me. So, like, that whole thing is, like, what if it's, like, they're, like, it's this race against time with Vader chasing them down, and what if Jin is the one that has, like, the... She's the, she's the one who's, like, in the hallway... At the end, everyone else has been slaughtered. It's Jin. She's the last one standing. She's running with this thing, and she's the one that gets stabbed with the lightsaber at the end, passing it off to uh, the tent to be four, right? It, it ties Vader directly into our main character's narrative as opposed to being what is essentially a glorified cameo. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing. Like with The Last Jedi, for example, which I know I'm jumping ahead, but like with last year, like my one of my favorite scenes is what people sort of call a fan service scene, which is when Luke gets the message from Leia. And what I love about that scene is, yeah, that is that is fan service, and he even calls it out. That's a cheap move, but it influences his arc. 
it ties into who he where he's going in the story it reminds us of what happened before and it pushes him forward where i think a lot of the things that are nostalgia based in rogue one are there for the audience but not for the story yeah 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 no i think that makes sense but i think for me when i watch solo rogue one which are now i think those things are going to be you know relegated to disney plus i think for me to watch them i kind of give them a little bit more leeway because you know i look at them kind of like you know, maybe not the best uh, EU book. You know, I'm like, yeah, this is just a little yeah. fun story. Yeah. Oh, cool. Throw yeah. It in. And like the Vader scene, uh, I, what you said is, I think you're dead on actually. It's, it's thrilling. Like, and if, and if yeah. you read, um, and you have, cause you've read them all, uh, Lords of the Sith. Right. That's the Vader from that book. And that's what right. I think for me, when I watch them, like, that's the Vader. They're doing that Vader, but you're right. Like, yeah. I think the, the way they handled those type of, you know, Vader, probably would have been smarter for them to even have him as a villain. Then you could sell the movie on Vader if you want. Then those reshoots don't And they don't did. Matter. And that's the thing. They did. Yeah, they and actually... that, that's what... <laughs> yeah. They tried to make it about Vader. Like, he's on the freaking poster. And you're like, oh, where is he? I forgot like, he was on the poster. <laughs> and, and to, like, the... It's funny, because, like, the one of the biggest disagreements I have with Patrick about... Uh, Patrick Wilms about the new Star Wars films, uh, about, like, is Maul and Solo, since you touched upon it. Like, I, I don't find Maul's inclusion as egregious as uh, Vader's because Vader's sort of like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, like, why does Krennic go to Vader's castle? It's awesome to see Vader's castle. And to your point, it is like, it is, it is one of, if I would say Rogue One is the best EU novel I've read, you know, like, it's like, yeah, like you said it, it's like, it's a great legend story. It's a great, like, this is a great sort of pocket, not narrative. Um, but like, why does he go there? Like, what is it? How does it influence his arc? Like, I, the and I said this uh, the other day on Twitter. It's like the Edu scene is where things like break down for me. Like, I, it's all going in this one direction. Um, there are issues in that first half, and then there's things that happen with Edu and Vader's castle. That I'm like, none of this changes the narrative. It is doing the same thing we've already seen earlier with these characters, but we're doing it again. But this time there's Vader and this time there's X-Wings, you know, Um, and I think, you know, that's but like with Maul, there's in Maul and Solo. And again, we're jumping ahead, but whatever. Uh, With Maul and Solo, like Maul, they talk about the guy we work for, for uh, Crimson Dawn. He's he's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. Like you don't understand. He's dangerous. Holy crap. It's Maul. And it's like. There are fans. I mean, obviously, if you're a casual fan, like I thought he was dead. Like one of my buddies is like, "Wait, didn't he die?" And for me and uh, one of my friends who's not as big of a Star Wars fan, but he's a really big trans. He's involved in transmedia. He's like, "That's genius." And we both agreed on this because it's like, yeah, you don't know he he's he survived, but now you have to go watch Clone Wars yeah. to understand how he did it. You have to go read that story to find out he did it, and it it tied things together in a really interesting way. And like it. It made it because it was so ingrained in the narrative that like this guy is dangerous, and then finding out it's this character that we we recognize. Um, it tied. It, it was like the, the the carpet and the dudes, uh, the rug and the dudes' uh, uh, house. It tied the room together. You know, it just it it tied the t- the transmedia yeah. together. Um, whereas I think, but here's the thing with Rogue One, uh, despite my criticisms. 
I that last third of the film yeah. is amazing. It's amazing. It's like it, it's it's I think ILM because it's John Knowles' idea. Uh, like they went to town on that film and it shows. Uh, and but I think it's proof of concept that you could tell stories adjacent to the Skywalker saga, that there are more stories to be told in this universe that don't necessarily need to have Luke Skywalker in them. And I think that's great. I think that's like, you know, that's what we're getting the Mandalorian. That's why we, that's why we, that's why we can edit this. That's why we have the Mandalorian. Um, because we're able to, because of Rogue One, we know there are more stories that can be told within this universe. Yeah, and it's brilliant, and you know that's where the future's heading. Uh, how many yeah. times you see Rogue One in the theater? Twice, just twice. I just twice. I saw it twice as well. Yeah, yeah. I went from four to two to one to two. That's how my Star Wars goes. Yeah. And it wasn't my my viewing had nothing to do with how I felt about the movie. It just had to do with time and and yeah. uh, other things. All right, let's head over to. Uh, everyone's the least controversial. Yeah, nobody's. I've never heard one bad word about this uh, movie yet. It's called no, The no. Last Jedi with Ryan Johnson. But before we get into it, I have to know your opinion on this. So, in September, before the movie comes out, Colin Trevorrow was fired off of Nine. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, I remember this vividly. Everybody's like, Ryan Johnson should do it. And there was J.J. Abrams, and there was uh, moans. And then. <laughs> And then Ryan Johnson gets a trilogy and everyone's as happy as they could be. And then The Last Jedi comes out and that narrative changed drastically on social media and especially yeah. on YouTube. Um, I know, I mean, everybody listening to this right now and everyone that knows, that follows you knows you like The Last Jedi. I do. Um, but you were at Star Wars Celebration that April, the April before it yeah. came out. Uh, did you meet Ryan Johnson there? I did. I mean, not personally, but he, I, I was... I breathe the same air as him. Let's put it that way. We were, <laughs> uh, I was I, I was uh, I was producing videos uh, there for Yahoo at the time, and I was uh, in the I was in the same room as him doing the uh, the press line, and I did get to say to him, "I'm like living the dream, man." He's like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's funny because I think uh, what we do know, um, and I don't have any proof of. This is what I've heard, and I think this has been reported at least, so I, I feel comfortable discussing it. Um, Johnson was offered nine, um, and he turned it down because like, I can't do it in the time you want me to do it, to make it the film that we all be happy with. Uh, and they were like, well, we have such a great experience. And this, I think this is a, uh, something that everyone misses about the narrative. Like everyone has had issues like we know there's been a lot of people fired working oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, at Lucasfilm. Like Ryan Johnson's the only one like, oh yeah, we have a great time. Let's do let's do a trilogy because everyone got along. And I, I look, I don't know whether or not uh, Johnson's trilogy is gonna happen. Um I do know that he's the only one who got along with everyone there. And like he's like he's the only one who's hasn't been fired yet. It's like so. I mean, I I, I do kind of wish he had done nine. It's like screw the haters. Um, but at the same time, I'm I'm happy that Abrams is doing it. I think um, because of, of of two minds. Um, if I do not think, and I've said this before, last year is not a perfect film. So 
I've talked to people who had read the script before the last year came out and they said like, it's one of the best scripts they ever read. Um, and that was and internally, like everyone, like this is the best Star Wars that everyone saw. Um, you know, there were certain things that they took out from the narrative, like Finn and Rose's arc was cut down significantly. Um, that sort of made the Canto Bite storyline as divisive as it is because it sort of removed the certain elements of it like that really ex- showed what Finn's arc was. Um, I think that, again, I don't think The Last Jedi is a perfect film, but I think what I love about it and the thing that I keep on going back to and maybe one day people will hear me on the other side is that it did what Empire did to Star Wars. You go into Star, you leave Star Wars, the A New Hope, you understand exactly what this series is about it's good versus evil and the good guys won and it's always going to be fun and so you enter the empire strikes back with this specific understanding of what star wars is and then you leave it and not only is your understanding of this this narrative completely changed this character's understanding of their placement in this universe has changed you go in uh to empire darth vader's uh, the bad guy, Luke Skywalker's the good guy. Leia is uh, like the the princess that needs to get rescued, and uh, Han is the hotshot pilot, and he's going to survive everything. You leave that movie. Darth Vader's Anakin Skywalker. He is Luke Skywalker's father. Luke Skywalker is the scion of the the bad guy. Obi Wan lied. Uh, Leia is you know not the one that needs rescuing. Han's the one that needs to be saved. They fail at our heroes fail at everything they do um and it changes how you understand the narrative and for me that's what the last jedi does it gets in there your understanding of the story is luke skywalker's like the the great hero we need uh kylo ren's the big bad guy ray is the, the the hero of the next uh the next generation and she might be reconnected to someone somewhere um this is like the Good guys are good. The bad guys are bad. And you leave that theater with your understanding of who Luke Skywalker is changed, your understanding of Rey changed, your understanding. And again, and these characters are understanding themselves differently. Kylo, your perspective on Kylo Ren is completely changed. You, their relationship between Kylo Ren and just the way that Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker's relationship changed, Kylo Ren and Rey's relationship changed. Our understanding of good versus evil in this universe has changed. And that's what I wanted out of a, a second film in a trilogy. I want to go in with one understanding of it and leaving with a completely different understanding. I think the work they did with Luke and Ray and Kylo is amazing. I think what they tried to do with Canto Bite uh, ties in thematically with the, this idea that good and evil isn't necessarily binary is really important. And uh, I think Poe's arc is also really interesting, and I think the Hold Maneuver is awesome. So, yeah. Hold Maneuver is awesome. And Cantobite uh, got shortchanged because they didn't make any toys of those aliens. Yeah. Because I was talking to uh, a friend of mine, and he was talking about his son, him and his four-year-old son were watching Last Jedi, and his son loves Cantobite, and he loves the aliens. And I was like, well, he'll never get to play with them, I guess, because, you know, like when we when I was a kid, anyway – Hammerhead, Snaggletooth, all oh, yeah. these like I don't they don't have names. I mean they do, but they don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They were awesome toys and I still have yeah. some of them today. 
and they're not yeah. even characters in the movie they're just extras and right. that's what yeah. that's partially what star wars is and i think um i don't know who's to blame there but somebody needs to just produce some canto bite stuff and maybe in the future we'll all look at back on it a little bit more fondly because of toys yeah. that's it i'll tell yeah. you my my one thing um and i, I want to know your opinion on this is in the force awakens ray is waiting for her parents yeah in the last jedi she wants to know who they are mm. and i always thought it was kind of and i'm, I'm really not i'm not sure yeah. where i stand on it i've always liked the movie i think my quick review out of it was an eight out of ten when i first saw it um and i actually liked it i just saw it uh, like a month ago for the last time yeah and i that was the most i've ever liked the movie like i was like and yeah. the Praetorian Guard scene is my favorite scene of Star Wars. I'm going to say oh, that God. right now. I don't even care. Oh, yeah. It's so – like, yeah. The, the, the Snoke's death in the Praetorian Guard yes. scene. That was like – that was like, what the – yeah. I don't know how much – I was like, what, what, the story's not going the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Like, I, and I, yeah. But I, another thing I do love about the movie is that it's um, it does all the stuff I thought was going to happen in 9. It does everything I thought was going to yeah. happen. I like Luke's death, Snoke's death, uh, Kylo and Ray maybe teaming up or whatever – Everything I thought was going to happen in nine happens in eight. Try doing a podcast on Star Wars, and you're like, "Well, what yeah. now?" <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a, that's what makes me excited about. But yeah. so you, to your question, um, well, she does say like it's a like she does say to BB-8 like she's a mystery. Yeah. So you know, and just because, like, I, I think that especially when you watch them back to back, which always what's weird about the discourse around last year is that this idea that. Abrams and Johnson didn't talk and that like Abrams, like Johnson was like, fuck you. I'm doing my own thing. What we know. And like, you look at like conversations from 2014, 2015, where like Abrams like, yeah, we sat down, we uh, talked about where the story is going. Uh, Johnson had me ask me for some changes to do some things. We made some of those. Um, but like, we were making sure that what he had in mind, stayed true to what I have in mind. Um, are that like, and he says like, does he make different choices? Like, does he take the story in the direction I would have necessarily taken it? No, because he's a different person, you know? And, and so it's funny, like there's a lot of things that I think are said in the force awakens that are so open to interpretation that like, even though they're paid off in a way that stays true to what is said, because it doesn't match what certain fans wanted. It's a disappointment. Like, Han says Luke blamed himself and went away from everything and look, went looking for the first Jedi temple. That's what he says. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. Like that's what was revealed that he Luke blamed himself. He abandoned everything and they went looking for That's exactly what happened. Um, same thing with like Ray. It's just like, I don't know who my parents are. She's like, the, she says like, um, it's a big mystery. I'm waiting for my parents. And you know, then she's like, who are my parents? Oh, there doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. It's like you, you, if you definitely rewatch it back to back and you'll see like, yeah, there's a lot of things that like get set up and paid off. It's just like, they're not necessarily what the answers everyone would want. But like, I remember I have a friend who's like, I don't like the idea that Luke is Darth Vader's son. Like that really pissed me off. And he's like, that really pissed me off when I saw it. <laughs> I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Like I was mad. Uh, Cause that's not the story I wanted, but wow. all right. There's a perspective. I just grew up yeah. with that already. Like instilled. Yeah. Like I knew it was a thing. So that's interesting. Yeah. That's very intriguing to hear that. That's kind of cool. I like, yeah. I like the last Jedi Praetorian guards. Like I said, my favorite scene. Um, but obviously 
it was split. I think I went, we go every year cause my dad's birthday is December 20th. So we go like yeah. me, my parents, yeah. my sisters and like groups and like friends. So there's like 10 to 20 of us go every time. And force awakens. I think most people enjoyed it. Rogue one. Uh, most people enjoyed it, but the last Jedi was the one that was really split down the middle. And when I, and when I say there's that many people going, it's like me and, and Brock, we do the, the podcast with, we obviously yeah. love star Wars and my parents who introduced me to star Wars and then the, the Star Wars fandom just kind of goes down. Like it's like, yeah. some of them are just yeah. there to be there, and I was yeah. and um, and most of them like uh, Force Awakens. But this was the one that they all kind of, the casual fans were really the ones that were like, eh. they were really confused whether <laughs> what they saw with it. Not in terms yeah. of what was going on, just like was that a Star Wars movie? And yeah, and and then I, and they kind of felt that way after and. Honestly, they felt that way after Solo as well. So it wasn't just Last yeah. Jedi. It was almost like this shift in tone in a way. Oh, and I, and, I, and I can understand that. But at the same time, again, I point to like all the films that we've seen. Like look at um, – look just – when you, I'm sure you're going to do a rewatch uh, before the, the ones that these come out. But like rewatch Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back back to back. They're very different films. Oh, yes. And one thing that's – like they're like – it does beg the question, like, what is a Star Wars film? And what's crazy about it is, like, Irvin Kirshner, as a director, made a lot of very uh, big choices that are different than Lucas. Like, Lucas is everything's far back. Mm-hmm. Everything is in, like, wide shots and two shots. It's very, like, documentary style. That's the way he made it. Um, but Empire close-ups, you know, um, like, it... it radically changes what a star wars movie is and i think that i think that's one of my biggest criticisms of like you could place one of the biggest criticisms you can place against return of the jedi force awakens um those two films is that they feel so much like star wars it just you're not doing anything new like the thing you can put that you can say about phantom menace um uh, Attack of Clones, Return of Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, and La- The Last Jedi, uh, and Rogue One, and Solo as well. The majority of the films is that they do go in different directions. They do push this this series in a different way. Like it asks you, the only the only way a franchise can ever survive is if it changes, if it allows itself to change. There are certain things that at the core of every franchise needs to stay true the forces the force lightsabers lightsabers things like that like um you know for example i'll use doctor who as an example um i what i love about doctor who and i mentioned before is that it allows itself to reboot every single time but the only the things that always stay the same is there's a doctor who's an alien from outer space with two hearts they are a time traveler uh and they have a tardis um that is a a police box that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. And they have a companion and they travel to space, uh, you know, having adventures. But there's so much that, that as long as that stays true, it can go in every different direction. Um, and I think like this, like what is Star Wars uh, question is, is interesting because it's like, if you look at legends, if you look at the EU, um, and again, you, like, let's look, use that as an example. Like there is something there that does not feel like Star Wars at all but here's the funny thing is that people will point to it as their star wars yep and i think that's the thing that we have to remember like 
maybe the last Jedi doesn't feel like Star Wars in the initial take just the same way the phantom menace didn't necessarily feel like star wars to a lot of fans the same way that the expanded universe doesn't necessarily feel like star wars the clone wars doesn't feel like star wars um but that becomes ingrained into the franchise so 10 20 years from now the last jedi is going to be star wars for someone because that's the only star wars they've known um the only yeah so the point is is that like yeah it might not necessarily feel like star wars to an initial fan base and that's fine but the only way a franchise can survive is if it grows and if it changes and i think that's the thing that i really appreciate about the new films is that and the new era of star wars is that they're like we need to figure things out i have this um and i know we're like almost two hours in now um but I, I clearly like Star Wars. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, I so I did an article for Polygon a few months back, and the thesis of it was that for franchises to survive, they need to go into the wilderness every so often. That happened with uh, Star Wars in the EU. It happened with Doctor Who and the New Adventures. It happened uh, with Star Trek, and it happens with every major franchise. The main source of the franchise, whether it be a TV show, uh, a movie, uh, what have you, goes away. So. The original trilogy ends. There's no new Star Wars for 16 years. There's there's novels. There's um you know there's comics. Um, Doctor Who goes away in 1980 something. Doesn't it doesn't come back for almost 20 years. There's novels. There's audio dramas. Star Trek goes away in the 1960s. There's a shit ton of novels. And then there's uh, before the next generation show uh, the movies show up. Um, and during that period of time, this wilderness period, uh, creators are able to sort of figure out what the can expand their universe like they they, they will use the expanded universe for example you know for the longest time basically there was this is the original trilogy they have a little bit of expansion of like the uh the west end uh you know games that sort of give backstories to everything um and then the expanded universe goes like all right here's new characters here's new ideas like uh it's like let's introduce the imperial remnant let's introduce um the use and vaughn let's introduce jaina and jason and uh anakin's solo and let's introduce like the jedi order and this that and then and like uh and waru and like the this and that and like it gets crazier and crazier and crazier like where you have like at the very edge of this zombies stormtroopers right yeah so you so that has to happen with any franchise because then it allows us to say say okay like look we know this works we know the original trilogy works. We know some of the, a lot of the stuff in the West End stuff works. We know what the the uh, the zombie stormtroopers not so much, but hey, know what really works? The dark side sun that works. We want to keep that. We want to keep an idea of that. All right, we're, we know that um, we 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 know that uh, like a young Jedi uh, a young fe- Jedi female idea works really well. We want to keep that. And it allows them to sort of figure out the borders of this universe. And I think that's sort of going back to your earlier question, like getting rid of legends, was that a good idea? Yes, because it allowed them to figure out, we can't go this far. That's not Star Wars anymore. But we can go this far. That's Star Wars. And then that allows them to be like, all right, well, we know this works. What if we go over here now? What if we go over here now? What if we become this? What if we become that? And that allows the franchise to stay alive. It allows it to grow. It allows it to 
introduce itself to new audience members. Isn't that right, guys? Yeah? Nope. Yeah. nope. <laughs> so everyone, this Anakin just so you and Obi-Wan. Know, the, 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 this is the online discourse. <laughs> this is the TLJ stance. This is the fandom menace right there. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> um, no, so it, I, I, the thing is, it's like, I, I think that like, the point is like, yes, The Last Jedi doesn't feel like Star Wars to a certain section of fans, fandoms, like the Rogue One and, um, and, uh, and Solo. But I think if every film was just The Force Awakens, where it's like, hey, you remember this feeling? it would die out. Oh, it yeah. would die out. Like it would like, there'd be no point of it. Like the great thing about the Mandalorian is going to be the, the great thing about the Mandalorian is, is that it is that it, it plays in that sandbox, but does new things in that sandbox. And the only way you can expand a universe is by trying something and figuring out what's new and what's different. And John Favreau is one of my favorite filmmakers. So, I, you know, oh. I'm basing this only on Swingers and Made because I think Made is amazing and more people need to watch it. That's what I'm going to say right there. I don't know. Just, just letting everybody know my stance on it. Also, he was on Friends, I think. Chef Favreau on yeah. Friends? Yeah, he was. Okay, good. I saw season one of Friends. Uh, how many times did you see Last Jedi in the theater? I think I saw about five times, four times. Five, so. uh, I did see it at the I, – I got to go to a, a, a film screening. Um, which was awesome. So like, I got to see it like before everyone else. Oh. And I, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was so happy. Um, and it was great. Cause I got to see it without any like uh, preconceived notions. Yeah. I just saw it. It was like, there was no spoilers. So I'm like, here I am. And it was like, this is what's great. Um, and then I saw it like later that week. So I saw it twice. Um, and then I think I, I three, maybe three or four times. Um, I definitely saw it. I know I saw it for sure three times um maybe i saw it a fourth or fifth time i definitely know i saw it three i can say for certain three times because i can remember off the top of my head three times awesome. so and you obviously like we said you you take away from that movie what i think a lot of people will look for it, people listen to this now or watching this will i think they'll look at it a little bit differently because of your insight that you just brought to it because i think people do do and it goes back to what you said about rogue one and the vader scene it's the surface yeah. storytelling almost. And this is yeah. <laughs> so everyone so I, I, for all those of you at home right now, Puck and Pippin are recreating Twitter um, <laughs> for all of you. Well, guys, wow, this is <laughs> they're they're it's, they're tussling. It's not like it's not vicious, but like uh, no. yeah, they're they're both boys so boys fight yeah. they have to exert dominance oh they're having fun like on mustafar uh it's yeah <laughs> but i was saying it's the surface the surface story the film watching you see what's on the surface you're like oh it's glossy i like it it's not what's underneath so much and then the last jedi you gotta yeah. peel away those layers and you're gonna get there yeah and like i said the last time i watched it i mean i, I always liked it but the last time and maybe it's because it's two years old now but there was something yeah different about the experience and i always find the first time you watch especially yeah, yeah. a star wars movie like the first time i saw force awakens i'm like did you see that i saw that oh my god i saw and i was yeah, yeah. i was so consumed with all like the little nods that the story yeah. that I, somebody was like that was like a new hope I'm like it was, <laughs> I was like, yeah and then the second time i was like i get it now but the first yeah. time i was so like just invested in every little thing that was going on and i think that's the same with all of them and you have to just take a step back and two years later 
Um, I still stand by the Praetorian Guard scene. Uh, the R two, R two, the R two yeah. uh, Leia message is up there as well. Like it's just yeah. a brilliant, like you said, that brilliant callback, taking you back to what this saga is all about. Yeah. It's like also like and Yoda coming in. I think you know it's like one of those things where you know you can have that comparison now. It's a more direct comparison with like Vader and and Rogue One and Yoda and Last Jedi. It's like Yoda shows up and he it's like here's the theme of the movie. And here's what you. This is how I need to help uh, Luke. It helps Luke move forward as a character. It in, like that's the kind of fan service I love. And I think like you know I, one of my biggest criticisms with Rogue One is that it feels like fan service the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to and to a lesser degree, uh, Force Awakens is also fan service the movie. I feel like the kind of fan service I I love is the stuff that influences the narrative and the characters. Like the more it does that. Like the more the happier I am. I mean, it, it just it's like it, it says to me that like the stuff I love, the stuff I'm watching, means something to the characters themselves. So yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Like you said, there's not nothing wrong with fan service once in a while, especially when it progresses yeah. a story, because that's really what we're there for. Is what yeah. you know that's what Star Wars and all these other uh, sagas and films that we love were there for a reason. Yeah. It's like your favorite band. Right. You know, you you like the sound of them. Um, yeah. Sometimes change it up a bit, get fresh. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll we won't go too deep into Solo because we talked Cause, we yeah. talked about it and the mall thing yeah. is really what it is. And I I really like Solo. Um, I was looking forward so to I, going yeah. into it. I enjoyed it coming out of it. But again, just like Rogue One, this one felt almost even more like an EU novel than yeah. a Star Wars film. It's, it's so much better than the EU novels because I read. <laughs> oh God. Um. I, oh, well, just to say briefly. Um. Yeah. I I, I really enjoy it for okay. what it is. I think it's a great little short story. Um, I think that's what I liked about it. I thought like, I was so refreshing to have for, for me, like, this is not the end of the universe. It's like this little story set in this universe. And I think, again, I think it would have worked better as a TV series. Now that we know that we're getting it. Like if those major elements, like imagine like there's like an episode or, or about, uh, him on Corellia. And then there's an episode about him in the Imperial Academy and then him uh, finding the front lines and then him uh, teaming up with Beckett and, you know, have like a series of adventures with Beckett and his crew and then getting them like uh, teaming up with Lando to get the Millennium Falcon. That would have played out a lot better um, because it would have given those everything time to breathe. Um, But yeah, I I think it's a fun short story. I think it's a fun little adventure. Um, I think the characters are really interesting and that's sort of what I'm more invested in. Um, and it's just significantly better than, in my opinion, the AC Crispin novels. Um, uh, I wouldn't compare, like, even though there's touchstones to the um, the Han Solo at Star's End, the Han Solo trilogy, who's by the, uh, a writer I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment. Um, I think uh, Brian Daly, the Brian Daly series. Uh, what I think is really great about the what, what the thing. I'll try to make this as brief as possible because, again, I know we're going way over time. Uh, I think the thing that I really – I always point to for this. So for those of you who don't have not read the A.C. Christmas novels, spoilers. This is how Han Solo and AC, uh, how Han Solo and Lando meet in the A.C. Christmas novels. Uh, so at some point, Han Solo gets a bounty put on him by a hut. I, uh, it's like a cousin of Jabba the Hutt. doesn't matter. And who do they employ to get this uh, fill out this bounty? Why? It's 
Boba Fett. So Boba Fett like shoots a dart and because uh into uh Hansel's back of his neck, and he's like, now you uh, as a venom, you have to listen to everything I say. So start marching. This is marching, right? And he's going to the going to Slave One, and then all of a sudden, someone out of nowhere uh, attacks Boba Fett and saves Hansel. It's like, guess who it is? It's Lando Calrissian, and he's like, "Why did you save me, Mister Lando Calrissian guy? I've never met now that, but we're insta friends." He's like, "Well, I understand you're a really good pilot, and I need to learn how to become a pilot because I bought this new ship, the Millennium Falcon, and it's just like, and like, it's like, oh god, it's so contrived and." fan fictiony and in, in the worst way because let me be clear because sometimes i i uh get in trouble with it like i think fan fiction is great i think if you write fan fiction and if you are doing fan fiction and that makes you happy go for it i've done it my girlfriend reads fan fiction even though she knows my doesn't know i do <laughs> like like i think if you like fan fiction and if you write fan fiction i think that is fantastic uh but there's good fan fiction and there's bad fan fiction uh and i felt like uh, what A.T. Christian did in that instance with Han Solo being Lando's very bad fan fiction. It's like Han Solo, L- Lando, and like Han, like it's sort of an in, like you know an inversion of what happens later. Whereas I think what happens in Solo and how they meet and it's contentious and it's over a Sabacc game just felt so much more natural yeah. and interesting uh, than anything that happened in those uh, original trilogy. Yeah, it was great. and I think you know, like we said, Disney Plus is the place for that. Those kind of stories, I think, going yeah. forward. And I think, and the, yeah. the Obi Wan. What makes me excited about the Obi Wan uh, series is it's six episodes, and it was supposed to be a movie. So the screenplays, you know, were based probably off of a film yeah. script, and then fleshed out. And we're going to get something yeah. really cool. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. All right, Rise of Skywalker <laughs> time. Because we're going to wrap it up. I'm sorry, I've taken all your, your entire day. Uh-oh. It's it's honestly my fault because I don't know how to shut up. <laughs> no, so Rise of Skywalker is coming out. Yeah, I'm really excited for this film. I'm I don't know if you are because uh, it doesn't sound like you like Star Wars. But <laughs> I'm very subtle about <laughs> it. Subtle. I don't really talk. I I don't talk about Rise of Skywalker at all. At, at all. Um, okay, we've had we'll go we'll we'll go over this, but we've had three trailers so far. Yeah. Have they all hit you equally, or have you taken something different away from all of them? Uh, say things different away from each of them. I think the last one really hit me in the feels and I watched on a lot. I think the second one, uh, they've all really excited me. Um, I think like each has kind of served a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like, I love, like I was, I loved the first one, like seeing Ray with the lightsaber and like spinning down and then oh, yeah. the, the, the TIE fighter coming in. Um, but that, like, you didn't really get a sense of what the story was. Um, and then, like, oh, my God, Palpatine. Um, and that, like, there was a bit of initial, I will admit, like, there was initial disappointment. I'm like, oh, Palpatine again. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, well, of course. You know, it's like, who else was it going to be? Like, I think if it had been just Ray versus Kylo Ren, which I think what everyone assumed it was going to be, um, I think, or like the just Ray redeeming Kylo, whatever it was, is going to be those two sort of uh, anta- like as antagonists. I sort of like, well, how do you? The thing I was most worried about with Nine was like, how do you tie this all together? Like, because I think that Episode Seven and Episode Eight are really great, are really great additions to this franchise, but at the same time, 
with the exception of like returning cast members and sort of tying into like these bloodlines and stuff, it did run the risk of being sort of like, well, why, how does this fit into the larger narrative? Like, where does this fit? And I think that with um, that bringing in Palpatine, it's like, well, yeah, he's been in the majority of the saga. He's been in all three prequels. He's been in uh, a name dropped in uh, episode four. He was a cameo in episode five, a major player in the same way that Snow was a major player. And uh, like, you know, he was a major player in episode uh, six, uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, And it makes sense. If he's in the majority, the villain for the majority of the saga, why wouldn't he be back? Um, And it's interesting because you think about it this way. It's like, so, and I mentioned this, he's featured in three films, name dropped in uh, a fifth film and the fourth film. Um, boys, I know. I'm excited about Palpatine too. Come on, boys. I know. This is what happens with cats. Um, so let's let, let, let's start from the beginning on this one. So uh, I don't know how much time is we're in this, but so take a look at Palpatine. He's in episode one, episode two, episode three. Uh, he is name dropped in episode four. He is uh, cameo in episode five. He appears in episode uh, six. He is. Um, ignored in episode the only one he's not named in is episode uh, seven and then episode eight he is named directly Darth Sidious and he is in episode nine Hmm. so yeah eight out of eight of the nine films he is a presence Um, so it kind of makes sense Um, and then the second trailer was really cool to start seeing it in context of the whole saga and this last one was like Oh man, this is going to be epic. So the thing is, it's like we sort of touched upon it before. Like, I, I'm kind of bummed that Johnson's not directing episode nine because uh, I think that I would have loved to see where he would have taken it. But at the same time, I think Abrams is such a good storyteller in terms of scale, in terms of not necessarily fan service, but like really making an the audience sort of invested in a story um, and make, giving them a roller coaster of a ride. I I think that the way Johnson sort of cleaned the slate for him, it allows him to tell a really exciting story with the new status quo in episode nine. Like you have that really interesting relationship with Kylo and Ray, uh, whether or not they get together is what depending on your ship. It's great. If if you're Raylo, great. If you're not great, just be kind. (laughs) Like, just like, you know what? I think the thing is like whether or not, no, but you just there was such an interesting there's such an interesting dynamic that Johnson left to him that I think that if you can use that to tell a really exciting story that ties everything together, that's great. Yeah. I what do you think of Dark Ray? I want to know your opinion, Dark Ray, right away. That's blowing up. And it's something for me when I first saw the Force Awakens full trailer when Ray yeah. shoots the gun, I was like, Oh, she's filled with anger and hate. Yeah. And, and I've been waiting for her to go dark. I obviously I don't think she will be going dark, but what were your yeah. thoughts on that? I am I I, I will say this, uh, going same thing, like going into episode uh, eight, I would not have wanted Ray to go dark. I thought it was possible at the end of episode, uh, at the end of episode eight. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this could possibly happen. I don't like it in terms of a story choice. Like, I've had people like, I've had friends who are like, a, they're like, a better choice would have been if uh, Ray had gone with Kylo. I'm like, why? 
like that's clearly not the story they're telling yeah. like she's the good guy in this story like it's just the same old story i'm like i don't know i i i just didn't see i didn't see her going dark i don't see her going dark i think it's a vision um yeah me too uh but i i i will say look again like thanks to the choices that johnson made in episode eight i honestly believe um it could happen because of those interesting choices he made but yeah i just think it's a cool visual and yeah <laughs> and i was like I, they, I couldn't believe they put that in a trailer which is why i know i think that it's it's just a vision or yeah but at the same time who knows i don't know and i don't want to know until i just like i like i i just like that i don't know what's gonna happen i yeah. i think i know what's gonna happen again and like there was like the leaked image i saw the one and i won't say what it was it's like it it's like i saw it, i'm like oh yeah <laughs> you know like yeah that of course that's again like i'm like if this is real and i don't know if it's real because i didn't investigate because i didn't want to investigate but yeah. like if this is real this this conforms w- with what they're saying in the trailer. So it's like, yeah, I'm not surprised. So the leaked image that I saw, even though I didn't investigate it and I don't know how real it is, it does conform with what they're saying in the the trailer. So it's like, oh, based on the things I saw in the trailer, I'm like, that does not surprise me. Um, I'm just kind of bummed that like it's like an image like I'll know to expect oh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just like that. I don't know what's going to, in general, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I think I know what's going to happen, but at the same time, I thought I knew it was going to happen in Force Awakens. I thought I knew it was going to happen in Last Jedi. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and you know, that image, you're, when you go into the theater, you'll have that in the back of your head. But the movie, I'm sure it's not the opening shot of the movie. So by the time you get there, the movie might be so engaging that you might have, you might not even be thinking of it. And then when it happens, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, that, I know that's happening. Like, it might be one of those. Yeah. So hopefully, anyway, yeah. I'm trying to steer a positive spin on this. Yeah. I'm Again, for. like it, it, like I say, like, it's not – it doesn't seem any surprise in general, but, like, there's, like, a specific thing about it. I'm like, ah, I would have liked to – I would have liked to have not seen that, if that makes yeah. any sense. Oh, absolutely. I, I understand what you're yeah. saying, and that's why I – I'm really hesitant on typing Star Wars in Google now. And Google yeah. Images is – I have to be very specific on what I type now for Star Wars yeah. Images now because I'm like, you know, if I type the wrong thing, I'm going to see Dark Ray fight Light Ray or like something's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to want to see that until it happens because you know something's out there. Yeah. Well, you've confirmed that you've yeah. seen something. So that's yeah. why I am. Uh, I, I, there is something that I, I, I don't know if you want to talk about. I, I happen to Galaxy's Edge. Oh, Yes. Absolutely. I uh, want to hear all about Galaxy's Edge and uh, thanks for inviting me. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, one thing that happened this year has been a very... Uh, so you've been asking me a lot of questions about my Star Wars fandom. One thing that I've been very lucky to have had happen to me is that my career has taken a direction that I've, I'm allowed to be a Star Wars fan professionally. Um if I think about it too much, I get misty eyed because it is very, I've worked very hard to get to this point and I've worked very, um, I've tried, like it, it's been one of those things where, you know, I, I've, I've worked in a lot of different parts of the entertainment industry over the last uh, decade or so. Um, oh God, it's probably 15 years now. Uh, and I've, found my way into a part of the industry of talking about entertainment like even though like 
I would love to write a Star Wars novel. I'm very open about that. The people who work at Del Rey know I want to write a Star Wars novel. Um, they, you know, I, I know a lot of people, like I, I would love to be a creative force um, just in general. Like as I, I always say like my dream is to be a writer full time. Um, that's something that I, I, I would love to do. That being said, the second, the best second up, a runner-up prize is the year that I've had, uh, the, the one that just pays the bills, um, and that's being an entertainment uh, producer, and that's talking about movies and TV, um, and I've been, I don't like saying blessed, because I think that sort of takes away from uh, the work I've done. I've worked very hard to get to a point where I do what I do for a living. Um, I've just, you know, I've made the right contacts. I've busted my ass left and right. And this year I've had the chance to do a lot of amazing things that are related to Star Wars. Obviously I went to Star Wars Celebration this year uh, where I met some amazing people. I got to meet Alex and Molly from Star Wars Explained. I met, uh, you know, Brian Chi, who does, who has his own uh, podcast. I've, you know, I just, there's so many amazing people that I got to meet. I got to meet like Ash Crossan, Matt Martin. I got to meet Justin Bolger, Kristen Baver, um, Dan, uh, uh, Dan Brooks. Uh, I, I met so people from Lucasfilm at, uh, and who are involved, whether it be the story group or, um, whether it be the, uh, like just the, the ancillary entertainment stuff. I, I've, gotten to know Jason Fry. I, I met, uh, and I, I met Delia Dawson. I met all these people that I really, uh, got to, uh, I've known and met, uh, because of my career. And it's one of those things that like I never expected and it's all because of the stuff I've done. Um, but I got to go to celebration, but one thing that happened, uh, towards the end of my time at Yahoo was, uh, they, the opening of stars galaxy's edge. And I said to my boss, I'm like, look, if you get an extra ticket, I don't, I understand we don't have the budget. I will fly myself out there to go. He's like, all right, okay, okay. I got an email, uh, a Slack message. And he's like, are you serious about flying out? I'm like, yes. It's like, well, Kevin, who is one of my other coworkers, can't make it. We have two passes. So if you want to come to the opening ceremony, <laughs> opening day of Galaxy's Edge, uh, and if you can fly yourself out and take care of everything else, you're in. And I looked at my girlfriend, I'm like, uh, I'm going to Galaxy's Edge next week, and we, we it was like one of those things where like like I can, I said to her like it's it's one of those things where I'm I can uh, I'm being paid to go out there like even though I'm not like it just made sense like I always wanted to go to this place I didn't think it'd be like for five years or so yeah. but I'm going I'm gonna go and it's gonna you know I can do this go be there for the opening sequence the opening ceremony so I got to be there with all like Lucas and like uh, and uh, Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Paul Iger were there I was standing at like. And I, I was right by uh, uh, Brie Larson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Kevin Feige, just, just name dropping like it's cool. Um, <laughs> like I just got to be around these people. And but for me, what was so amazing, like, was being in Star Wars. And I thought, like, I thought for certain I was going to cry when I saw the Falcon. And you can see uh, there's a photo of me. It's on my Twitter page. You can see me in front of it. Like it's, I want to be buried in that photo. I love that photo so much. Um, I, like, I thought I'd cry seeing the Falcon because it's there and it's real. Um, but being in this immersive experience and drinking, like, drinking blue milk for the first time and, like, green milk and um, all these things. It's just, like, being 
and we talked a little bit about it. Like what's so amazing about Galaxy's Edge is in the same way that I love the, the novels and the, why I love the new canon and this new films is that I'm exploring this universe. I got to explore this universe and be a part of it. Um, the lightsaber build is the best thing you can ever do. Oh, this, thing, this thing is amazing. Um, I can't like, I pick this up every so often and just, I, I'm like, this is my lightsaber. And it's great because lightsaber can come in and out. Uh, the experience is amazing. Like I, I you know, it caught the, I, I said to my like my girlfriend before I left, I'm like, I'm buying a lightsaber. I'm going to build my own lightsaber. Yes. And she's like, it's your money. I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm buying, I'm building my own lightsaber. <laughs> and like, you have to accept that I'm coming back with the lightsaber. I pick this up every so often. I'm like, this is my lightsaber. And like, the thing is like, it's modular. So I can like move things around yeah. and I can change things. Uh, but like, I'm like, no, I've made this choice. This is the build I'm going to do. And it's green. Um, so go with the green. Yeah, I went to the green, uh, but like, you know, and you know, I'm sure you, you people know about this, but like it comes, you can get the green lightsaber oh, is made because it's a green kyber crystal. And like, if you, you can buy extra uh, kyber crystals and it's pretty cool. Cause it glows oh. you put it in. And that's what broke me. Like, honestly, that like, I was there, uh, I was there with geek, I was standing next to geek girl, girl diva. Um, and uh, Kristen Baber was there as well. Um, and we were one of the first, like I was there with, with Jermaine, uh, Lucier as well, same one. And if you watch the LA times, uh, video of the experience, you'll see me in the background. Um, and I was like, I like, that was the first thing I did once like the park opened after I did, I, after I did all the interviews I needed to do after I did all the, uh, like the, the schmoozing I needed to do and like stuff like that, the park opened and I straight to the, the <laughs> to the uh lifesaver build and like i had asked and i was like because i asked like when are you opening like, this is the time and i went i was like the third person online and i said to them like i was i i had to go full on in this and i'm so sorry i know i'm keeping you from like life yeah. uh but he, i'm like the thing i was like i want like i like you say like i need some lightsabers and like we don't sell lightsabers here sir i'm like well then they're like we have only have scrap metal i'm like well then i need some scrap metal for my yt 1300 what kind of <laughs> scrap metal do you have and, they, and i don't want to spoil the experience because the experience is so great but like they do like they show you like the options that you have but, but like they're like there's like little drawers on the side uh i don't know if they have it now but they did when i was there because i know it's been crazy there um like they're like we have this one it's like that's sort of old republic one that's mine which is more like original trilogy one that's like a little bit more like um uh, like ancient old republic like so like you know this prequel era uh, original trilogy era and then like the old old republic and then there's a fourth one and i'm like what's the fourth one I'm like well that's sith artifacts I'm like well i don't i don't deal with sith artifacts um but the the moment that broke me the moment that almost made me like just start weeping was when they brought out the uh they, br they bring out the kyber crystals and they're glowing in this tube and you're like oh my god it's real <laughs> and like and like wow. i can't tell you like it, like this thing weighs like about two pounds it's metal um it feels like a lightsaber it feels like a lightsaber and it's so it's just so wonderful um but like yeah you can get uh different kyber crystals i've got a my uh, uh alex and molly were like kind enough they went there and they got me a uh the white crystal oh, when wow. i was because i only, only i got the blue crystal and the green uh, i got the blue you get the green crystal when you go there you can choose purple green blue and red and i chose green and then i bought blue because i was trying to save money and i because i so i only got the blue but then alex and molly were again kind enough to uh got to get me the red uh red and the yellow oh wow oh uh, sorry the the white and the red um and what's cool like you have the uh 
the uh, oh. the 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 holocron. And obviously, like again, you press it, and people know it's all right, but like. This is Master Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's the old from, uh, uh, from Rebels. But wait, sometimes it doesn't always work. I'll, I, I will say that. Um, but what's cool is, is that every, uh, like, so the crystals are all different cuts. And depending on the cut or depending on the one you get, it does a different voice. There we go. And this one was the white. Nope, nope. So it's not working. There we go. This is cool. Come on. My master was an unconventional Jedi. I followed his lead, which wound up saving my life. So that, like, what's cool is, like, if you get, like, a different light, like, it could be someone different. Oh, uh, and cool. that's all new audio that they recorded with Ashley Eckstein for Ahsoka. Oh, amazing. Uh, yeah, and it's it's so cool. I mean, the entire experience is amazing. I really want to get the... Uh, I'm, supposed, I'm trying to get the. Uh, I have to get the. I have to. Um, <laughs> uh, the cookbook because it's so cool. It's just like, like you're like I want yip yip, and you're just like yeah. It's just it's living in Star Wars, and there's nothing like it. And I can't recommend it enough. The experience is so wonderful, and it's so. If you love Star Wars, it's like if you're mad that like oh there's not Luke walking around or there's not um. Or there's not like not Vader walking around that's current trilogy. It's like get over yourself. You get to fly the goddamn Falcon. You can, like I can't wait to go. Dude, can't live you get to live in Star Wars. You get to live in Star Wars for a few hours. The cantina's amazing. Uh Patrick when he went down, he got me um this uh because I'm like he they were out of kyber crystals because like you know, no one's going, but everyone's buying kyber crystals. <laughs> He got me this uh this this mug. Um, I'm like I just it's so stupid. I have to have this. It's uh looks like it's uh, actually false. I'll just show it to you. <laughs> so, all right. So apologies on. Uh, so my friend Patrick went there and he got me this. Uh, let's turn a little bit out here. Uh, it is the Endor the celebration of. Oh uh, my Endor. god! It's, it looks like it's carved into wood. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So I, I love drinking beer out of this because oh, I'm yes. like I have to celebrate victory. <laughs> so that's so cool. It's it's such an amazing experience and like. As someone who's been obviously a lifelong Star Wars fan, um, just getting to live and breathe in it for a little bit is just—it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I can't. I think I'm going to be going um, with everybody else that loves Star Wars before Star Wars Celebration and I'm yeah. here. So I'm going to. That's try my to, plan. Yeah. Yeah, I want to plan my trip to go either before everybody gets there or after everybody gets By there. By after, after, yeah. yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure everybody's playing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I won't be going the Saturday of celebration. I'll tell you that. There's no, no, there's no, no way. Like the Tuesday or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go on those ones. That was awesome. So, how many do you have tickets for um, opening night for Rise of Skywalker? Uh, oh, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yes. So, so this is the best part about. It. I got it. I, I literally got my uh, tickets as I was l- driving away from Lucasfilm. <laughs> 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 like. 
I my my the same boss who I mentioned uh, who went with me to go see uh, Revenge of the Sith texts me. He's like, tickets are on sale. I take my phone out and I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I got them at uh, I got two tickets uh, at 6 p.m. December 19th um, at the Alamo Draft House. I'm hoping that I also get to go see to the uh, to the screening because I I get invited to all the Disney screenings, which is terrible. Yeah, that sounds like. Ugh, can you yeah. just let me know, and I'll take that for it. Because you don't want that in your life. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I'm hoping to go to the screening. If not, at least I know I can go see opening night. Um, I, and yeah, I am. I can't believe we're getting up so night, man. I just like how how cool is that? Like we get to see the end of the Skywalker saga, like. Look, I, I'm not gonna. Try, nothing I'm, I can say will convince anyone of their opinion on the on the sequel trilogy. But for me, it's just. I like that we're getting an ending. I yes. like that we're, and I like that we're. It's just I can't. I can't believe it. It's like it's episode nine. Like I'm. I'm still shocked we got got episode one. That's <laughs> true. So like yeah, I don't know. Just I'm. I'm so excited. I'm so I am. You know, we are one day closer to seeing Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. It's what it's like 20, 22 days from now. It's how can you not be excited? Thanks to Adam for that conversation. It was uh, awesome to hear everything he had to say about Star Wars. If you want to pick up a copy of his book, The Green Llama, you can do so on Amazon right now. Check it out. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, and just read and watch what he's got to say because uh, your Star Wars life will be richer because of it. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for watching, for listening to the Outlander Club right here on the Rebel Scum Podcast. My name is James Rizile, and as always, may the force of others be with you. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. Yippee!